Righto, trendsetters, rug up with us this winter. Next merch drop coming in hot. 14th of May, Tuesday, 6pm at alphablokes.com.au. We've got our two hoodie designs. These designs won't be coming back. We've got a light colour. We've got a dark colour. These things are unreal. We can't wait for you to start wearing them around the flats and rugging up next to the fire. 6pm, Tuesday, 14th of May. Don't miss out. Cure them what you want, knee knockers, golden nuggets, thigh slappers. But our friends at Manscapes refer to them as the boys. Not every man has children, but every man is responsible for their two boys below the waist. When your little guys have more hair than they need, trust Manscaped for all your grooming dreams. Boys need love too, so join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com and using the code ALPHABLOKES for 20% off plus free shipping. You heard it here first. The boys are back in town. Every man knows how scary it can get when you're going for the close shave below the waist. That's why I trust Manscaped for all my sensitive areas. Introducing the Lawnmower family, including the Lawnmower Pro 3.0 Plus and the 4.0 Pro and the 5.0 Ultra. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code ALPHABLOKES at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code ALPHABLOKES at manscaped.com. For the best your boys have ever looked, trust Manscaped. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologise to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the f*** he wants. G'day and welcome back to another episode of the Alpha Blokes Podcast. Here to give the everyday battler a voice, delete head noise one laugh at a time. Let's crack a better beer yep. on the stubs today, boys. Cheers. Now, we've got a guest on, although it feels like we just got a mate to sit on the couch and have a yarn, which is exactly what it's <laughs> going to be. And they're normally the best ones. <laughs> That's right. We met this fella through a mutual mad cunt, the one and only Knuckles. Yeah. So, Brizey, welcome <laughs> again, mate. How oh, you cheers. going? Yeah, good. Thanks for having me. Eh? It's an absolute uh, bloody honour to be here. Eh? No worries, bro. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you might have seen if you yeah. just got around that uh, our f- one and only Live companion we've done on the UFC. You would have saw Brizey. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, best looking granddad on earth. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, I'll take that yeah, one. Actually, sure. our first gilf on the show. First gilf. Yeah, oh, so congrats, mate. Shout out first to gilf. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. But, um, mate, first met you UFC Perth. Yes, yes. And that was a bloody epic trip in itself, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, mate. It was. And fucking, we're about to do another one in Sydney. Yeah, looking forward to that too, eh? <laughs> Same crew, isn't it? Yeah, pretty it sure. is pretty much. Yeah. yeah, pretty much it is. Yeah, same crew. So I only just found out what Sean Strickland's fighting Izzy as well. Yeah, mate. So that, that <laughs> that's gonna be epic too. Yeah. Hey, like you think about it, like you got Izzy, who's probably not the best at the at the the chat. Bit like cringy. Call, yeah, a bit cringy. They call him Cringe King or something. But mm. and then you got Strickland, who just doesn't. <laughs> the furthest right you could ever go, yeah. like just an absolute no breaks on it weapon. Yeah, just if ab- he couldn't fight, it'd be cancelled straight up. Oh, for sure. Well, mate, I think the main event will be the um, press the press conference. Yeah. So we'll definitely go into that cunt this time because oh, I think we prioritised something else over the press conference in Perth, didn't we? We went to the well, we did weigh-ins, the weigh-ins, but we yeah. didn't go to the ceremonial press conference. But I'll tell you, I'll be at this fucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what was that? The day before we got in or something. 
It uh, was on um, the first Arby. I think we got a bit carried away drinking. Yeah, I somewhere. think I think it was a little bit wounded. We were checking Perth out, mate. We were getting cultured. <laughs> no, I actually think it was in the middle of the day, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. We had that first night fever, and then I think it was the following <laughs> after. afternoon. Yeah, yeah. but no, I'll definitely be looking forward to that one. Yeah, no, I oh, me too. It's going to be awesome. But, mate, I've been looking forward to this chat for fucking ages now. One, because I think everyone will find it interesting, but more me personally to mm. talk to you about, like, you're in the, the death game, mate, in the yep. funeral industry and stuff like that. Yep. And it's one of those things that not many people actually know someone who's involved in it and stuff. And it'll be a great chat today, mate, to get to know about the industry a bit and just, yeah, how you got into it. Yeah, well, it's actually – it is a good topic of conversation and it always um, – it's great um, – when you tell people what you do for a living um, mm. as a funeral director and, you know, you get that morbid curiosity that sort of kicks in with everyone. They sort of want to know a couple of bits and pieces that goes on in the industry. And um, so pretty much like if you class down my profession as a funeral director, there's a couple of different things that are involved with it. And um, so mainly, so for me, I've got a couple of different categories. One is arranging the funeral, conducting a funeral, doing transfers from where a person passes away. It might be at a nursing home. It might be at a hospital. It could be tragic circumstances as well. So we also have the coroner's contract to look after those um, collection of deceased people from certain places. But mm. also too, on, a, on the other notes, celebrant side of things, cremations as well. And then also like embalming where we actually preserve a person for repatriation or for cultural reasons. So there's plenty of different things involved in it. But... Um, the funny thing is, is that I grew up in it. So the old man was a funeral director pretty much through my whole entire life, like as far as I can remember. And the last thing I actually wanted to do was be a funeral director. I wanted nothing to do with it at all. Like yeah. I <laughs> couldn't stand it. Um, I actually, um, had a little bit of like, like a little bit of a business orientation growing up. Like I love the idea of a business side of things, but it wasn't related to do with the funeral industry. So to yeah. give you a quick example, like. Like in grade 10, like one of the elective subjects was small business management. So my mate and I were like, all right, what are we going to do? You got to make a product, you got to sell it. Um, and then at the end of it, you get like, um, you submit your tax return, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, we were like, let's do some toffees. Let's make toffees, cheap to make, sell it, away we go. So we went through and we absolutely smashed it. And um, that, <laughs> that, um, couple of hundred bucks that we made we did that blah 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 anyway we finished the assignment and it was all good we got like an a or something for it It was really good but then we're like why are we why are we stopping let's just keep fucking selling them yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so for another <clears throat> month we did yep um until the principal pulled us up and <laughs> said, yeah, yeah. Hey, you gotta stop making money <laughs> yeah, <That's> yeah. Cool. <laughs> and start hustling yeah right so anyway long story short um the old man um had a position coming up i was working another job the job that I was working there, the end of the month, the um, the contract was coming up and there was one position left and there was two of us. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to have a job at the end of that month. And the old man rings me and goes, hey, I've got a position available for you um, at the funeral home. Do you want to come over and do some work? And like, you know, at that point, like beggars can't be choosers. Mm. Um, I was like, yeah, rightio. So I jumped on it and started working from that point at all, uh, from that point on. Um, so I did do a little bit growing up, but it wasn't for me. It was just completely out of the blue. Like I was just purely by chance that I needed some work done and then it went yeah. from there. 
But then once I actually got started in it properly from a full-time point of view, like it was um, an eye-opener. It was interesting. You got to sort of do these things. And people um, people looked at you like, like they appreciated it for what you're doing at that time. And um, it, it sort of went from there. Did it take you a while to get used to dealing with dead people? Like putting no, it bluntly? Yeah. No, no, that's a good way <clears throat> to put it. No. Um, no. No, it didn't. And that's yeah. the funny thing. Like if you in this sort of industry, you can get um you can get someone in, they'll come in at nine o'clock in the morning and lunchtime they're gone. Yeah. Like they just can't they can't handle it. Yeah. But then yeah. on the other end of the scale, you get one person in, you got them for life. Yeah. And I think that's how it sort of works with the funeral industry. Like you if you get someone in that likes what they're doing, you've got them forever. Mm. And like it doesn't matter, they can go away and do something for years, but they'll come back. Yeah. Um so and, what do you yeah. reckon it takes for someone to? Do you reckon it's just separating that fact, and they just know they got a job to do, and just one hundred percent, yeah. So it's purely taking the emotion side out of it, and knowing that you're there to do a job mm. and to help someone in their time of need. Now, in saying that, you still definitely need to keep some sort of empathy, and you've got to be human. Like yeah. you have to show those human emotions to comfort people in their because it's the, it's the worst time in their life. Yeah, you know, it doesn't matter if it's. Tragic circumstances, if the person's lived a full life and it's a happy moment in the sense of you're celebrating this person's life, it's still very traumatic. So um, you have to have that le uh, level of empathy and stuff. Mm. To, to So you definitely have to have a bit of a personality. Oh, for sure, mate. Yeah. And that's the thing, like talking at funerals and dealing with people constantly that are at their lowest of lows, right? Yes. Like that, those yeah. people, like you said, are at the probably sometimes the worst they'll ever be in their mm. life. Like does that... How does that process take to, to go through? Like, is it pretty draining sometimes? Yeah, to... yeah it definitely is. Um, so, you know, you definitely have to pick your battles on that one because there is certain ones where you just – you it doesn't matter, like, you, you, especially young ones and stuff like mm. that. Oh, so, definitely, yeah. You know, so you can't you, – you, you sort of have to not let it get <clears throat> to you, um, but at the same time you have to – sort. it's like a real double-edged sword because you can't – you can't do you can't do the job without being like like a fucking zombie, really. Like yeah. you've got to show you've got to show that empathy. And but That's if you're right. not careful, it will it will get you. Mm. You know, yeah, and it'd be a pretty hard one to balance. It is, it is. But also too, but you know, if you've got good staff and good work colleagues that work with you, they're in the same scenario. Mm. You guys have got each other to sort of like do that debriefing and stuff like that. So it's not out of, it's not out of the common for us to Finish up on a Friday afternoon, <clears throat> pull a six pack out of the fridge, sit down, have a couple of beers, have a couple of chat about, and just have a bit of a debrief about on what's been going on. Yeah. 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 Was that Sunny Coast that you first got into it with your old boy, or was that? So it was, so, uh, so the old man started one in Canberra first originally. Okay. Yep. And then we moved up to Rocky, and it wasn't until the funeral home up in Rocky where I actually got this sort of business idea sense going. So, mm. When I was saying before about when I was working in uh, when when we're hustling this money, the kids, you know, in high school and doing that, I started seeing these little bits and pieces that were taking place on in the industry. So, you know, like it didn't take me long to work out that there was a big um, gap in the market for cremations. Yeah. Okay, so there was one crematorium in the whole of Central Queensland at that point in time, and they were running the whole area. So they had the, the they had the monopoly of the area, and then, and none of the other none of the funeral homes or anything like that had um, had their own cremator or anything like that. So it didn't take me long to work out. Go, you know, I say to the old man, it's like, hey, dad, like, 
there's a potential here to really extend ourselves in the put a like a good footprint in the industry around here potentially save money for us and save money for the family and then also have a second form of income coming in for the businesses for sure yeah so and that's what we did yeah now um what happened was uh we put the first application through we we, we bought a property we kept it separate where I wanted to keep it completely separate from the other funeral homes so that it wasn't, so there was an opportunity for other funeral homes to use it mm. so that it could draw some in. Anyway, long story short, the application got uh, refused and we had to bring it back to the funeral home. The application got approved in the funeral home and away we were going. Now, I took a bit of a risk with that because um, it took three years in the making of doing it. It cost a lot of money to get it up and running. And then when we finished it and we had it operational, I was really excited and stoked to get this and, you know, have a bit of a different outlook on providing services for families and stuff like that. Yep. Yep. So um, what happened was I got this, um, I got this, the cremator running and I've gone around to the other funeral homes and I said, hey, look, this is what I've got now. I can offer you a, a service where you can save families money. I can do this for you and we can work together and we'll be, you know, it'll, it'll work. Yeah. Um, and every one of them said no. Yeah. True. Yeah. yeah. Got completely rejected. And the point, of, the, the point of it was like, I was like, oh, man, you know, years of doing this, getting it up to this point and no one wants to do anything with it. Mm. You know, no one wants to work with me. If they did, I wouldn't be where I am today, actually. So it was a blessing that they didn't. Yep. Because what happened was I was like, you know what? Stuff is. I'm fucking going to go out. If, I, if you're not going to bring them to me, I'm going to go out and get them myself. Yep. yep. So essentially what I did was I went and got a budget cremation service up and running where I could offer a service to the family in that area a lot cheaper directly with the crematorium. Yep. And then, so I'm saving families money and I'm also helping them do it more directly um, thing. Yep. And it took off. Yeah, nice. Yeah. yeah. So it That's was more, way. yeah. So it was more <clears throat> of a case of going, you know, look, you, you know, like I'd gone this far in, I didn't have any help at all. Mm. And they didn't want to, and I would have, I would have been, stay, I would have stayed there. I would have done that. You wouldn't hear from me today. I'd still be just doing those little bits and pieces. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, then you right. win more work by doing their ceremonies and stuff like that, their actual funerals. That's so they right. want so to get involved after they see you starting to <laughs> yeah, kick ass. Oh, they're involved now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. yeah for sure. Is it still rare that most funeral homes won't have a cremator? Yes, yeah. So, so nowadays it's like a secondary supply of income for them, and it's more and it's being able to. Uh, cater to those families that want that sort of stuff because mm. a growing industry now especially with everything that happened just recently with the pandemic and blah 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 is that these people um they they either just want a cremation take place and they want to do a memorial service later on um you know there's all these different you know with the live streaming and stuff now mm. as well so it's it's they want these cremations taken care of and then have the ashes returned to the family as soon as possible for other reasons. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a real viable, uh, really viable to have with a funeral home. 
um, I believe, yeah. Well, it fucking makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, why not? I yeah. mean, uh, it's... what better place to have one where there's yeah. going to be dead people? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It makes sense, man. Yeah. 100%. And you didn't stop there with um, branching out in the funeral <laughs> yeah, game either. That's exactly right. Nah. So, so, that, um, so that one that you're talking about, the Sunny Coast one, so essentially we did the same thing. We replicated what we did up here in CQ mm. yeah. and we went down to uh, Sunny Coast and did it where my brother-in-law is the, the director of that one down there. Yeah. Um, so do you, like, if you're doing something like that, mm-hmm. do you look at an area, maybe look at the population, mm-hmm. work out how many different funeral homes are in that area yes. to see where your market would be? Is That's that exactly, how you sort of go for it? 100%. And then what I also do is I budget to that area as well. So I'll know what funeral homes are in that area mm. and then what sort of prices they're getting charged by. Yep. By certain could be certain um, council-run crematoriums, all these bits and pieces, and yep. reach out to them and say, "Hey, look, you know, I've got a service that I can provide you, and um, if you want us, you know, we can help you with that. If not, that's fine. Um, but I also offer a price directly to the public at that in those areas as well, if need be. Yeah, no, because some mate. some places don't have it. Like you go out west to Longreach. Calden, all those places out that way, they don't have, there is no funeral home yeah. at all. And so you're not going to have, regardless, you're not going to have a funeral home. You're not going to have a crematorium. Yeah. yeah. So at least reach out to there and get them as well. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And, mate, the thing with, like, I suppose a business and a successful business is there's many different aspects, but one is the demand for your product. And the best yes. part about this is cunts are dying all the time and they're going to yeah. keep dying. Yeah, believe it yep. or not. Yep. I can hope. So, like, <laughs> yeah. and it's, I suppose, once you get over that initial fact that, holy fuck, we're dealing with dead mm. people and it's yes. not a really um, a fun, bubbly environment. The business sense, like it's, it's pretty mate, smart, isn't it? Oh, fucking know it is, and that's why that's <laughs> why all these fucking big companies are fucking buying them, yeah, buying yeah. up all these funeral homes and investing in them as well because they know that there's it's a recession proof industry, yeah, because you got people just keep dying, there's yeah. nothing, and there's nothing to do about it, and it doesn't matter if you've got an age related pill or whatever, or the magic cure or whatever, yeah. People still die. Yeah, that's right, man. Do it's, you get a bit of a readout over Queensland going, oh? Like this town's pretty popular for um yes. t- turnover rate. Yeah. <laughs> like I would have thought yeah, uh, Harvey no. Bay's starting to get a um yeah, well, a bit more of a younger vibe in it. But <laughs> if you talked about Harvey Bay, we got all the retirees go to Harvey Bay. Yeah, you're, you're fucking on the money there, mate. It's actually, <laughs> yeah. So we get, you get these statistics that come out to sort of give you a bit of an age, a medium age around the the areas. Like you know this sort of area down CQ, a more um, younger generation, more thirty five to forty is the median age group mm-hmm. down here, Rocky, you know, that sort of area is a bit more up, you know, it's getting older now. So you're like, okay, we might not want to put a bit more of a footprint into there as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're definitely right there. Um, but yeah, so like, but then you also too, like when you start dealing with the older, elder, like older generation stuff, you, there's a whole other market in prepaid funeral plans and yeah. you'll see on the TV, you'll see all these funeral insurance mobs and all this sort of stuff. Like it's a massive industry, mate. Mm. And it's a massive industry to get into with the prepaids and all that sort of stuff as well. Hell, is that insurance thing for people? Have you ran into a few where you're going, holy, it's not what they say it is? Well, I run, yeah. The thing is, it's like a cash 22. It's like, and I say this with with light, you know, sense of humor. If you know you're fucking dying, ring them up and get some insurance because it's going to yeah. cover you. Yeah. But if you're fit and young and you're about fifty or whatever, don't bother because you're going to fucking pay your funeral five times over before your time comes anyway. Yeah. yeah. So you know, just just go with it. Yeah. Just run. The, yeah. There <laughs> yeah. you go. Yeah. But um, yeah. So that's pretty much like the basic run of how the whole 
my sort of funeral industry sort of came out. Yeah. So like every little bit that I've done in the funeral industry um, is sort of been because it's been opportunistic or um, certain things have happened where I've just had no choice. I've had to do something myself. Mm. So like, for instance, I, you know, I've been doing celebrant jobs, like speaking on the funerals yeah. for probably about, uh, shit, probably 10, 11 years or something like that, spoken on the funeral. So not just attending them, conducting them, but actually being the celebrant. Yeah. And um, that was purely because what happened was we had a job down in Bundaberg. We had a funeral down there and I couldn't get anyone to speak. I just couldn't get a celebrant. I'm like, ah. fuck it. Yeah. I'll do it. Yep. I'll fucking speak. It was for 10 people. And I remember it to this day. It was like the most nerve wracking thing I've ever oh. done in my life. It was fucking terrible. Right. To the point where I was like, I couldn't even hear myself speak. I was. Um, it's like watching over yourself sort of thing. Pretty like, much. Yeah. From yeah, a third person, wow. you know. Oh. I couldn't even tell you what I said. Yeah. I hope it was good. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, yeah. Fuck. But yeah. Mate, so that's that would have been wild. Is there since you've been doing that, is there any one in particular that sticks with you? Or is that it? Like as like as in any that because you've done you would have done a I've lot done of them th by now. Thousands, right? yeah. Is there yeah. any few that you just remember mate, for a certain reason? Yeah, mate. There's a the one the one that gets me and it and, and it's fucking hard because like every time I talk about it, it gets fucking, it's, it's a hard one. But uh, there was a, a young girl and she uh, she was my daughter's age at the time. So my daughter was um, in prep at, at, mm. at school. And this young girl was at was in the same grade as, as my daughter as well. So, you know, little blonde-headed kid, um, beautiful little girl. And it was an awards day. And so this is the first time I'd actually met her. So I'd actually met her prior to the, to the funeral. So, yeah. And they had uh, the weekly awards ceremony and with the weekly awards ceremony, they, they invited her to come in. She'd been in hospital so that she came in for the day. She had a uniform on and they presented her with a bravery award. And mm. mate, it was the most uh, hardest thing to watch this little girl uh, receive her bravery award for the thing that she was battling. Now it was something to do with the head. I can't remember off the top of my head if it was a brain tumor or a cancer or something like that. Mm. You know, so she had the, you know, she had the feeding tube and she had the, and she was just standing there, mate. And my, I was fucking balling, absolutely balling my eyes out. And it was close to Christmas time, and the community had actually got together. They, they, she loved Frozen. Frozen was yep. her thing. Yep. You know, as all the kids sort of loved at that at that age group, and. Um, the community had actually got together and done a Christmas lights display at the front of the house in a, in a frozen theme. And it was absolutely beautiful. Anyway, long story short, she ended up passing away. She succumbed to the, the illness that she had gone through. Yeah. And um, we were engaged to look after the funeral service. And, you know, you, we brought, you know, we brought her into our care. We, we've got her here on the mortuary table. And we're preparing her for, for her service. And, you know, we're dressing her in um, her frozen outfit. She, she loved Elsa. So, you know, and the thing is, is that there are, I try not to relate certain things to my family. family so yeah. I don't want to relate it. But, mate, she's, she's literally in my fucking daughter's grave. Oh, yeah. And awesome. I've seen her there with my daughter. And so, uh, it, so she's, she's wearing the same outfit is what i've got at home for my daughter 
she's she looks exactly like my daughter in the sense of this little blonde-headed girl. We we encoffined her. We 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 had a um, the coffin itself was themed with with um, Frozen, mm-hmm. and then the, the day that comes the funeral, and the funeral was absolutely beautiful. All the teachers that attend, the family was there. It was absolutely beautiful. Now you know at the end there where a funeral's closing and they have the curtains closed, you know, a certain thing is the final part of the service is the committal that's taking place. Mate, I, I was engaged to look after the speaking of the service as the celebrant. And as that curtains are closing, mate, I, I'm just fucking bawling. Mm. I'm bawling my eyes out, mate, to the point where I couldn't, I couldn't contain myself and yeah. couldn't, uh, couldn't finish the, the, the funeral properly is the way that I would want to. Yeah. Um, in that, you know, like I, there's certain things that we like to do to try and incorporate ourselves into the service as well. So I was able to go down to my um, local, uh, you know, uh, suit suit shop and I got like a, a, a frosty <clears throat> tie. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I was able to include that. Yeah. Um, that one, that one is ingrained in oh, in me forever because when we were closing the curtains mate the only thing that i could picture was that was me mm. that was my daughter yeah. in that way yeah so i actually i actually ended up getting a tattoo um after that one that one yeah. i actually got a little frost yeah oh nice yeah thing tattooed on my foot mm. and that's probably that would be the most that'd be the most memorable one yep. yeah holy yeah. mate that is uh that is fucking crazy yeah, it was especially like you having to do that and i suppose normally you can take the personalized thing yes. out of it but 100%. like that would have been impossible it was for you to take the mm. that personal feel out of it eh? yeah it was and holy mate yeah that one that one that one that one left a scar mm. you know 100 percent. yeah and it just i guess it depends how many scars you can cop before you go, you know what? I'm out, yeah. of, I'm out of it. Yeah. I'm out of the game. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think if that similar situation happened again, mm-hmm. that you would obviously take the job on in that? But do you think you'd you'd do the celebrant part again, or would you have to mm. like get that taken care of? Like, yeah. What? Look, you know, the, that's a good question. I think, I think I would definitely do it again. Mm. And the reason why I do it is because I know, like, it's one of those situations. It's like, you know, you know, in yourself, like sometimes those jobs have to be done by yourself. Like, you know, that you yep. want that proper experience for that person. There's no other thing better than you doing it yourself. Yep. You know, that, that's one of those things. Yeah. And it's more of a case of like, it's not, I don't really want to, um, I don't want to do it, but I know that I'm going to do it properly. Yeah. I'm going to do it properly for that family. You're going to put your effort yeah. in hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. And if you get a scar from it, you get a scar. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's fucking, that's wild, mate, getting that bit of an insight to it, eh? Where someone who probably attended the funeral and didn't know your connection with them probably didn't realize at all. They probably just thought you were a. You yeah, know, well, to a, this day, they don't, they didn't know any of that stuff, mate. Like after the fact, like. That's yeah, crazy, yeah. eh? And just, fuck, mm. that would have mm. been a pretty hard thing. Oh, it was, mate. It did. It played, it played on me for ages because mm. every time I go back and look at my daughter, I'm seeing yeah, her. Yeah. I'm seeing this kid. You know, so it 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 chewed on you mm. for a while, until no, you sort so. of, until you sort of 
get numb to it and then you sort of move on or something else comes in because yep. you're constantly having, you know, you're constantly dealing with um, people that are coming in that are dealing with different emotions and different yeah. things. And, yeah, for sure. and, and, you know, like you, your, your next thing comes along and you obviously want to give all your attention to that. So yep. you have to put that other stuff to bed so that you can focus on them. And I suppose that uh, like time, they reckon like time heals all wounds and the fact that it doesn't heal it completely, but it gets to the point where it's a bit easier to, to talk about or yes. get get yes. used to, right? Like yes. after a period of time. Yes, I totally agree with that. That's that's probably the best way to put it. Mm. It's not so much that it heals it; you you become numb to it, mm. and you can talk about it and discuss the emotions involved. Of course, and, definitely, and 100%. stuff like that. Yeah, is there some absolute freaks in the game, but that are just numb, and you're yeah. just going, yeah. "Ali should be like the Grammy for um, and- funeral directing." Yeah, like like a fucking like like lurch. Like, like, uh, yeah, yeah, no, oh, yeah. Yeah, like no, they, like, they're just built for it type thing. Or, oh, well, do you reckon yeah. that everyone's got to go through that grief and that to get to that point? Or you reckon there is like a few out there to go and holy, he's almost meant for it. He's Frankenstein for the fucking funeral world. <laughs> well, that's well, the wildest thing it. about uh, Brizzy is that he's the most compassionate, normal yeah. bloke. Like you're yeah. just one of the boys and yeah. talk about all kinds of stuff and you find out what you do and you go, fucking what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So I can see yeah. where Cam's no, coming No, no, yeah, you're right. In, but you, but you, you're exactly right in what you're saying. There is certain people that are like that and that they but the problem is that they got designated jobs they're going to be the hearse driver they're going to be the mortuary mm. preparation dude yeah they're yeah. not the ones that are going to be dealing with the public yeah, yeah. and you're yeah. doing the whole yeah whole thing yeah. yeah so you'll get you might get those guys they're the ones that are behind the closed doors that you don't see that do the yeah. preparation that are happy to work in their own environment yeah and do and not but you don't want them in sort of the public because it can give a False. Yeah, I've been to one funeral and then this lady spoke and I'm going, holy, you are just on the books. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Listen, yeah. yeah, Mate, the go- like going into actually what happens yeah. like in, in the game, because a lot of people, like every day Joe just pretty much knows that someone dies, they go away for a while yes. and then they show up in a coffin yes. and they either get cremated or buried. Yes. Like, can you run us through the process of what actually happens? Of when course, someone yeah, definitely, dies? mate. Yeah, for sure. So it's a good question because a lot of the time, like, you know, uh, when people see what a funeral costs, mm. you know, there is quite a – it can be quite a considerable amount, but it can also be quite a considerable amount of work that takes involved yep. uh, prior to the service conducting. So basically what happens is – Someone passes away at a nursing home or a hospital or it could be just at home. Yeah. And what happens there is once the necessary paperwork's in place, so, you know, a, a registered nurse or a doctor or someone will come around and visit the person or the patient, declare that this person's passed away. And the next step is to call the funeral director. So the funeral director gets called day or night. It doesn't matter. 365 days of the year, they ain't taking time off. Mm. So... You know, whenever it happens, you call the funeral director and they come in. They'll come in, they'll do a transfer and they'll bring that person back into their care at their their mortuary or their funeral home. What happens there is um, once they're in the care of the funeral director, obviously time is of the presence, okay? Because this person has passed away. There is going to be a a time period of deterioration. We want to slow this process down as much as possible so that um, so that these that these persons' loved ones have the ability to be able to see them and touch them and kiss them and be with them. Um, so you've got to make sure that one that you preserve these people as as good as possible yep. uh, for the service. So you know when we bring them in, there might be a matter of placing some vitamin E cream on their on their face and on their hands to keep that subtleness on the skin. 
uh, to keep the moisture in there on the lips as well um, and then have them there placed into a cool room so from that point um, what we'll do is we'll we'll catch up with the family and we'll have a chat to them and um, discuss what their funeral arrangements are so it could be burial cremation um, it could be some instances a body could be donated to science you just don't know there's, there's yeah. all these different things um, and then there's there's other bits and pieces as well once the funeral has been established and you know we've set a date and what needs to be done then we'll go through and organize a preparation. Now, the family usually bring in some clothing. They might want their hair done a particular way. If it's the ladies or even some men, they might want their fingernails done, painted, yep. you know, they want the makeup, whatever the case might be. So then from that point, we prepare the deceased for, for the funeral. So, you know, the morticians will go in, us, you know, all, all, the, all the other guys, and they'll literally do a dressing, do a body preparation. There is some little invasive um, procedures that have got to be made yep. setting the facial features so that might be you know in some instances maybe placing some eye caps underneath the eyelids to help keep the eye closed yep um, there could yeah. be yeah so there could be a, a mouth suture where you actually sew the mouth shut in yep. layman's terms so you pretty much but you can't see it so it's making incisions yeah, yeah. through the mouth to close it and that's what we call setting the facial uh, facial features. Mm. Are you doing some of that stuff, or it's getting sobbed oh, out? Oh no! Oh no! I do it all. I've done it all. Yeah. Um, even to the point of embalming. Uh, embalming itself is that's a whole another level itself. What, what is that? Sorry, mate. So embalming is preserving the deceased. So actually preserving them for either. So you might have cultural reasons where the family want to take the deceased home. Yeah. And have the body at home for a couple of days or repatriation where you actually send the body back overseas. So yeah. you go over the person might have passed away overseas and they want to come home. Yeah. Yeah. Or vice versa. Mm. So uh, the embalming side of it as well. So what, you know, depending on the situation depends on a couple of different things. And this also takes into play with what I was discussing before, preparing the sea. So th yeah. this could take place when you need to do it. Now, embalming itself is the, is the, um, the process of um, plasticizing proteins in the body. So what we're doing is we're actually raising an artery in the body and then injecting the artery with uh, formaldehyde by a system that creates like a, uh, like a pulse that pulses through the arterial system and we're removing blood from the body. So we raise the artery and we raise the vein, inject the artery with formaldehyde and obviously replacing, replacing, it, with the, replacing it out with the blood. Yeah, right. Yeah, so now depending on the condition of the body depends on different factors. So mm. if you've got a natural case, what we call a natural one where a person's passed away from natural causes, it might be a very simple process where all we have to do is make one incision in the neck to raise the common carotid artery in the vein, inject in the common carotid, drain the blood, and use the arterial system to distribute the formaldehyde. Because yep. the formaldehyde distributes through the whole body, and the gas is given off from it as well, also helps plasticize the protein. Yep. And then, but then you might get someone that's had passed away tragically, yeah. and there's been a post-mortem examination where we'll actually have to go in open it so with a you know like a full post-mortem examination yeah. you know a pathologist will open up the deceased person um they'll take samples of the, the heart the lungs you know mm. all the liver all the bits and pieces they'll remove the brain you know make uh make incisions in there close them back up and then they get shipped to us for a for a, an embalming so from that point, that'd be a costly process it for is them. Oh, yeah yeah, yeah. 
but we could spend, I could spend eight hours um, because what happens is all those areas, that all the little arteries get severed. Yeah, that's what so, I was going to say. Know, yeah. So you can imagine, you know, like you go to do an injection point and then you've got a leak down the end here. Mm. So you've got to go and block that one up and then you got to keep. So oh, we, yeah, so we have to actually remove a lot of the, the viscera from the, from the hum, from the body, um, preserve that, place that back in, open up the skull, do a, do a center point injection from there as well. Um, you know, all these different, different aspects that can be involved. I thought in you might have just sewing up the ass on them so they didn't fucking <laughs> leak out. <laughs> <laughs> That'd well, be your job, mate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I got a, I got a job vacancy for that one. If you want, <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> no, but there is, but you know, but that unfortunately, you know, that's some sometimes that's Far the case out. that you have to make. Or mm. You've got to do all that stuff as well. I'm looking at yeah. You, you just telling me that I'm going. This kind of job's even looser than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's fucking. That's wild though. Hey, eh? that mm. process. Yeah. So that's stuff you don't, you wouldn't even see. So that process could take several hours. But that. Mm. That process itself, the embalming process, like we do those very rarely these days. Yeah, it's right. not it's not a common practice anymore. Yeah. Like, you know, when I went and did my training for that, that was geez, that was probably about fifteen years ago, you know, like yeah. and went and did that down in Melbourne, got trained up in that and then come up here and on the odd occasion, if someone wants to be sent back overseas, we'll have to do that. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Is so. that like a, almost a uni degree or is it? Yeah, it's, a, it's like a, it's a Cert 4. Yeah. Like, um, and then it goes from there. So it's a, it's a TAFE education. It's a TAFE. Tafe set up one, but yeah. with is it a full full license, obviously to yeah, do that. Yeah, to get. Well, if you up fuck up, they're still dead. But yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> you Mate, you, that's fucking wild. Mm. You would have saw obviously thousands and thousands of corpses over mm. over your time, right? Is there any? And you were talking before how some people die in in harsh scenarios or um, yes. tragic events. Is there any person that you've seen before and like sticks in your head that you go, holy fuck, like yeah. what happened to you? Oh, I've got a cracker of one. This one, um, actually got a couple. Yeah, mm. believe it or not. Tennis <laughs> yeah. brother, this yeah. is fucking loose. <laughs> so I wasn't I wasn't too far, I wasn't too long into the actual industry itself. I think I was probably about 18 or 19, I think. The old man, old man rings me and says, Oi, we've got to we've got to go and do a collection. Someone's um someone's gassed himself in a car. Yeah. And, right. he's, and he's taking his dog with him. Problem was, was he closed up the car and he'd been in there for about six weeks. Oh, wow. So by mm. the time, you know, but you imagine six weeks in summer, oh. in a car, open mm. to the sun as well. By the time we got there, uh, by the time we did the retrieval, it had gone past that decomposition point. We opened the door and I just got fucking smacked in the face with ammonia. Like it was, it like took your breath away. Like it mm. was bad. Bad, bad, like, and Ow. you know, all that was left was, you know, like a skeletal system and a part of the dog, and so you know, like, there wasn't much left. Anyway, yeah. I've never, I've never been one to never vomited. I've never gagged, yeah, right, ever in any of that sort of stuff. And I was probably about eighteen, nineteen there. But then at the same time, after while that transfer was taking place, we had another call to go up north. A person had rolled their car. And uh, where the crash site was, was about an hour and a half from where we had done the first job. So yep. the old girl rings the old boy and says, hey, look, we've got, you got another job. What I'll do is swing past work and I'll give you a sandwich and a drink and stuff. So you've got something to eat while you're going up to this job. So we've, you know, we dropped off old mate first at the, at the hospital, gone down, pick it up. And mate, that was the one time where I've actually sat down, looked at that sandwich and just gone, 
fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I look at it, oh, man, he's fucking just oh, fuck, 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 yeah, yeah. fucking eating it like it's nothing, eh? Like a pro. Yeah, like a, yeah. Because <laughs> like, you would have near had to scrape old mate into a bucket, wouldn't you? Well, like, by that it. time, mate, he had done it on like a on like a mattress. So yeah. pretty much everything, all that is absorbed into the mattress. Oh, oh mate. So, you know, we're just pretty much getting what we could into yeah. the into the into the bag and and then take them up there. Wow. So that was one. Um, the other one, um, which was a guy had actually um, taken his own life, right? And what happened was he'd um, done it off a bridge. And what happened was he put too much of a slack in the line, so he's gone fucking jump, and then as he's jumped, the slack. Was too lot too much. So as it's pulled, it's fucking popped pop, him, popped his head off. Mm. Oh, so what happened was the you know someone seen it and the, the the police got called and we got we got called to do the transfer anyway. They they couldn't find the head, so they did the first part of the transfer in the morning. Was they they took the body yeah. and delivered it up to the hospital, and then probably about. Oh, maybe six hours later, I get a phone call from the from the cops. Oh yeah, we found the other part. So, <laughs> do you want to come back down? They have to come down and collect his head because the tide had, the tide had sunk. The tide had recited, recited, so it was just under. You know, you could see yeah. it. They get down there and you could just you know, head sitting there in the. In the so that, so you'll do collections and then sometimes they'll just go straight to the hospital. Then you have to collect from the hospital. Yeah. So so what happens is so with all the with all the coroner's work here in Queensland. All the coroner's stuff is contracted to private funeral homes. Okay, so the coroner don't have their own department. They actually got to hire funeral homes. So, any so our police district, um, we've we do the coroner's work for the coroner. Yeah, and we contract to do those. All those have to go to the hospital. Mm. So they don't actually come back to our funeral home. They got to go up to the to the hospital, and then from that point, it's decided whether the family wants to go through us or other funeral homes, whatever the case may be. Yeah. So yeah, so we do both. So that's why we do the coroners on one stuff, and we do do. So you can be doing a pickup, but you're not taking them back to your joint. That's you're right. taking them to the hospital. That's then right. they'll decide who they're using. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. So that's that's doing a coroner's job. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So that that was the other one. Um, yeah, man. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty fucking wild, eh? <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell, <laughs> mate. What about the like the crematorium and that you got? What's the fucking process from body to jar? Yeah, like, okay, as in, cool. how's that yeah. run? Because so, I know that, like, people probably you think, say, yeah, jar just a, or urn. Well, What's the word? word? No, urn oh, or yeah, yeah. A jar, no, it's good. It's just yeah. a fancy jar. Yeah, or, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or, I suppose that's a good one. But, yeah. you know, like, because, like, people just think, yeah, you just go in a room and there's a big fire. But, I mean, I'm sure there's a little bit more to it than. Oh, of course, definitely. Yeah. So, you know, obviously, um, there's a lot of paperwork involved with the cremation as opposed yeah, to a burial be. because it's pretty fucking final. Like, <laughs> yeah. You can't just exhume. Ashes. So yeah. you know, like, uh, so once that once that process is done with the with the paperwork all signed off, the cremation takes place. Now, there's a couple of there's a couple of questions that we get hit with all the time, which I'll you know gladly mm. tell everyone today so that they know the listeners know. One, the body is cremated with the coffin, so the yeah. coffin does get cremated. Yeah. yeah. Two, they do not sit up in the in the cremator. The one we get is the people like, oh no, he sits up and blah. He can't. He hit his head. So it's too, you know, it's too low. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, and they're they're in the coffin, so they yeah. can't sit up. Yeah, right. Yeah. But what happens is, so the the cremator is, uh, is heated up. Um, the 
the coffin is placed into the cremator. Um, the cremation process does take place. Now, the cremation itself for an adult um, usually takes about two hours, two and a half hours. Yeah, right. From start to finish. Yeah. Yep. Operates at about 750, 800 degrees roughly. Um, and then what happens is you have a cool down process. And what happens is you're pretty much left with a with a, a skeletal system. Yeah, right. Know? And then the person might have had some hip joints. They might have had, you know, they might have had a valve or something like that. So what you do is you, you know, you rate the ashes out, you place them into a sorting tray, you run a big magnet over the tray. And what that does is it um, pulls up any metal, screws, anything like that that you might have had from the coffin. Yeah. Um, and then also... Um, then you've got to remove like those, you know, some, someone might add a hip replacement and have a knee joint yeah. or something like I that. think about that. Yeah, well, you know, and you, you do build yeah, them up to hand. Yeah. Yeah, they, I'll be able to get that for you, mate. So yeah, yeah. sweet. Yeah, really Can I have that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys first, mate. Yeah. Well, you're, you're all about your scrap metal, aren't you, mate? Yeah, yeah mate. Yeah. There's some good fucking scrap A bit of titanium for yeah, you, mate. Cam will be hitting you up on the side, <laughs> eh, mate? I'm going to do a collection for you, mate. There's a fair bit of titanium and shit. Imagine rocking up at the scrapyard. What's this from, mate? Yeah, you don't want to know. It looks like a gear knob, man. Don't worry about that. <laughs> oh. so, yeah, so um, uh, and then usually the next day the ashes are, are then they've they're literally vo- uh, vitamized, so like a big, like a big uh, like neutral bullet looking thing, you know, where yep. you, and it crushes the bone down into. Yeah, and right. That's what you get back. So, so you, get you back. go, you get the ashes, mm. you take the metals out, and then yep. the bone and whatever's left goes through that crushing yep. system. Yep. Yep. And then that's and then it's all straight into the fucking into the, uh, the fancy jar. Into the jar. Yeah, mm. that's it. So that's wow. pretty much the whole process of how cremation works. So mm. the um, yeah, the biggest one is that people go, oh, you, you know, why would you burn a coffin? Well, the coffin aids in the cremation process itself too. You know, it helps with breaking the body down. And well, wouldn't it give you a bit of something to play with too? Like, as in, if it was just the body, you'd have like probably the ashes urn. Yeah, where well, that's it. At yeah. least you got a bit of bit of substance to throw <laughs> yeah. around when you're fucking yeah. doing the process. Definitely. Make sure you stand downwind too when you let that go as well. You know, a whole fucking face full of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. well mate, I, I personally, for me, like the cremation thing, and everyone's got their own way of what they want to happen, yeah. right? But I really like the idea of the cremation thing for me personally, and I want to get cremated because I like the idea of someone to remember me by isn't going to a – cemetery with hundreds of other mm-hmm. dead people yes and standing there to do whatever yes. it'd be just spread in an area that i used to like or like being at so people could go there and have a memory yeah i don't no, know no, I, I, and look you know that's why people are going with that stuff these days you know yeah. in our region i would say probably 75 percent of cremations yeah wow okay yeah, it's, it's, ve- it's it's not as common getting buried these days like it's definitely cremations the number one option what about price points mate what, how a do they the, a third of the price in oh, fucking there yeah you so people third of the price plus people like you said people don't want to get stuck in the one town and the one region and stuff like that and then that has to be a place that people go back to Mm. To visit that person, well, You've mate, got the like, person with you everywhere. Me, old man, like yeah. we've had that chat before. Mm. Yeah, after you see things happen, it's nice knowing what they you want to done eventually. It's not like you talk about it all the time, but like he, for example, wants to get cremated and um, seventeen seventy the creek system we go fishing at all the time. Yeah. He said, "Mate, throw yeah. me out on an incoming tide and send me up the creek," fucking and I'm beautiful. just like, "Fucking awesome!" Yep, and that's where you remember yeah. him later on. Like, hopefully, he lives till he's one hundred and five. But I mean. <laughs> You know, that's knowing that that's what he wants, and mm. I couldn't think of a better way to for things to happen like that. Oh, of course, you definitely. No, what about the the state bodies? Like, are they 
you cremating oh, them, yeah. like people that don't have um, family and stuff like that. Like is it more popular yeah. to just cremate them now? Yes, it is. Yeah. So, so the justice department definitely have that system in place where if there is no one, uh, no family, there's no finances available that there, there is an option for them to be, they still have to offer a burial. Mm. So, um, as a part of the agreement, but nine out of 10, is cremation yep. and if there is no one there they will definitely cremate because the government don't pay extra for burial so. now that'd rattle me i reckon if i had like say you're a celebrant and you mm. rock up to someone's funeral and see no one turn up mm. that'd be a pretty wild fucking overthink in my head going did not one person love yeah. this person and that's happened quite a bit really yeah you'd be surprised we Holy had a, i had fuck. i had a we had um we had a gentleman who'd passed away no relatives and they they, they, they try to reach out as far down as possible, like that, to like cousins of cousins, you know, blah blah blah, to try and really reach out to someone. This poor bastard had been sitting in the hospital for fifteen months up at the up at the mortuary. Yeah. So he'd been dead for fifteen months. Really? Before I cremated him, yeah. Holy yeah. fuck! It just took, in a freezer. Yep, yep. It took fifteen months before the government turned around, or you know, until. The Justice Department turned around and said, "Look, you know what? We we we've got tried. We've got to do something." Yeah, well, you know. Uh, so that was that was the longest. That would have been the longest one that I had that someone had passed away before we did final disposition was yeah about fifteen months. Well, something so. you don't really think about. Well, luckily enough that I don't think about being in a yeah situation that I'm in. But I suppose there would be a few people, like especially some like homeless people or something like yeah. that, that have been an outcast. Yeah. Probably well, you, wouldn't have anyone. Yeah, but I mean, and like you, they do have that thing in place for the people who literally just cannot afford a funeral. Yeah, you know, yep. uh, and you, you just they need to they do have that available to the people because, yeah. um, otherwise it'd be the same scenario with that poor bastard up at the hospital. Yeah, you know. And what is what is that one? Is it a very basic procedure? Yeah, sort of just basic, very basic. There's no literally, there's no nothing involved it's a shell of a coffin it's the raw material the person's placed in there cremation's taken place so there's not even a service they they don't they don't provide a celebrant they don't provide flowers nothing like that it's literally just the final disposition yeah there's nothing i mean you can you can work around it a bit so if there was people there that wanted to do something Mm. if they provided certain things themselves we could give them the space to be able to do that we could still essentially have a little service or something for them to give something because you know like in the day too mate like that's somewhat that's that's someone That's who's life. lived, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. And like, you've got to do something to honour them. You know? Definitely. Yeah. But then you, you might get someone who's just a right rule fuck. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. So, you know, fuck, fuck him. I want nothing. Yeah, to pedo or something. Yeah, well, that, oh, yeah, well, that's it. You know, and that that, that has happened too. Well, pedos die too. Yeah, that's so it. like yeah. as in it would yeah. be while well dealing with people like that, you'd feel like being like "fuck you," but yeah, like yeah. you still got to obviously be professional and mm. do what you do, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah Where do you sure. dump those ashes? I got scatter gardens, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's like there's land, no there's landfill. No... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now, mate, one thing that I think's fucking great, and it's on your shirt: ride to rest. Can you, yes. like, providing people a unique and special way of sending their loved one off, can mm. you tell us about that, how it come about? And, yeah. Because I think that's amazing, man. So, that, like I was saying before, that little bit of hustler's mentality. <laughs> like, yeah. Always loved a Harley. Always wanted a Harley Davidson. I'm like, how the fuck can I write one off <laughs> through <Yeah>. work? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. That was literally the reason behind it. So, I actually yep. had a mate that um, he had one. And I used it a couple of times and I thought, this is 
fucking rad. Like I always wanted something like that. Yeah. And um, so I had another mate commission one of the the sidecar for a for a hearse. So essentially, what it is is just like a sidecar. Um, it's got the platform on it where it's got the rollers on it. You can put a coffin on it. The coffin's fixed to that point and it's attached to me, Harley Davidson. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, uh, and offers a unique way to go out on that ride to rest, like that final, final, final ride. ride. Yeah. yeah. What a great concept, man. And like, especially for obviously it'd be for people who love Harleys and stuff sure. like that. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. And, and like, and they love it. And like, man, we'll even get like, like I, I, <laughs> God bless this lady, man. She was a darling. She was she was uh, dying of cancer, mm. and she comes to me a couple of months before she died. And she goes, "I want you to take me on that Harley." And I'm like, "Yeah, sure. When do you want to do it? I'll book you in." She's like, "No, no, no. After I'm dead." I'm like, "Oh, yeah, right. I know where it's at." She was like, "Yeah, yeah right. Right. she didn't care." And yeah. then she, yeah, time comes. Uh, you know, her time was up, and um, so she never actually she never actually been on a Harley, yeah, and right. had no affiliation with bikes at all. She just loved it that much that she wanted to go out in that. Yeah. So I did. Took her to the funeral and that. Fuck. Right. See, I'm shocking. I could never do it. You do. I've yeah. got way too much fucking head noise yeah. about shit because I'm like, I'm picturing talking to this person one day, like yeah. in their presence and they are alive in their eyes and talking yeah. and then next minute it's like they rock up and they're dead. Yeah. I'd be going, fucking. That, that is yeah. still a – no, but that's that's fair, but that's still a bit of a um, – even to this day, like I still mm. spin. I'm not gonna lie, man. Like I still spin out about on some of that stuff too. Yeah, because you know, I, like, I don't know. It's just like talking yeah. to this human, and it's like this life form yeah. that you. And then all of a sudden, they're not, and you yeah. just go, "Where does that little consciousness fuck off to?" Well, that's like, it. That's just, what, and, like, like, <laughs> and, and that's it. But they're the questions that you have too. Like yeah. you go, "Shit!" Like, yeah, where is that person now? What's going on? Yeah, you know? and uh, you know, you you when you do build up those relationships with those people, and you do um, do those jobs for them. In a sense, like you feel like, and I'm not, I'm not t- too much of a superstitious person. Like mm. I, I'm pretty, I'm usually pretty black and white. Yeah. Um, but when you, when you do do those little things, knowing that person and doing that thing for them, mm. you sort of have this little sense of like, you almost like get that little subconscious thought in your head. Like, oh, wouldn't she be bloody laughing at me now? Or yeah. Be, or know, like or be, they looking or over like, going, good yeah, job, mate. Yeah, or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you get this feeling like, yeah, that you, you're doing something for them good. So yeah. You know that was uh, that's pretty cool in that sense too. Yeah, for sure, hundred percent. That um, in speaking of that, actually, the very the very first job I ever did for my ride to rest um thing was uh, Zayden's uh, brother in law. Yeah, mm. yeah I remember very, you, I remember yeah. you saying that. That's yeah. uh, a small world. Yeah, isn't let it? me. I want to tell you something. I want to I want to give him a shout because it's true to the person that he is. Like he is a real legend of a bloke. Fucking oath. He so. We did the first job. That was my first job ever. And his uh, his sister, lovely lady, she um, commissioned me to do the job. Now, it was pissing down rain. It was the first job, never done it before. And so, you know, like I, I, I'm, I'm nervous. I want to do the best for them and stuff like that. Mm. And this was the first time that I'd met um, Zayden as well. Anyway, we, we in normal circumstances, when someone leaves for a funeral or something like that, you would have a cortege, right? So you'd have the hearse out in front, you'd have the people follow behind and mm. stuff like that, right? Now, we're going out to the crematorium and we get to the crematorium now. There's a bit of a loop. So where the cortege would normally come around and then come to the front of the chapel where everyone would be. Now, it was only him and me. And as I've come around, Zayden's pulled off and parked up. And then I've gone through. And I've gone through by myself. And I came up to him afterwards and I said, mate, you know, how come you didn't, how come you didn't follow me in? He goes, mate, that was his time. Like, yeah. I didn't want to take the attention away from him. And 
I just thought that was just so yeah. honourable. Mm. Yeah. And then the second sentence I said to him at the end of the service, because I get this quite a lot. A lot of people turn around to me and they go, fuck, I don't see you again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, so. Yeah. But the first thing Zayn's he goes, mate, he goes, next time I see you, I hope to have a beer with you. Yeah. And that was two and a half years ago. And then when I caught up with, with you guys at the, at your live show, yeah. mm. the first thing that Zayden did, he comes straight over to me with a can of beer. He put it down on the table and he goes, mate, let's have that beer. How yeah, fucking, fucking how awesome yeah. is that, eh? I just, mate, that one just pulled the heartstrings on me. Yeah. You know, I just, I just, I had to give that a shout because that was. Oh, for sure, mate. Yeah, you know, that, that was. So it shows you what a genuine bloke he is. Yeah, 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 is, yeah for know? sure. Yeah. So yeah. No, I just wanted to let that know. No, mate, a hundred percent. That's unreal. But um, yeah, so I've got, you know, that that it gets to all kinds of jobs, mate. I've mm. done jobs for motorcycle clubs. Yep. Um, did a massive one where we actually had a cortege of about two hundred bikes yeah, wow. go from Rocky, uh, from the crematorium there down to the um uh, to the graveside down at Yapoon. Yeah. So we had a whole like you know, forty five kilometer ride. With about two hundred bikes leading all the way down, with their flag going, and about four cop cars following behind, so yeah, it was yeah. a full core touch. You had no pressure to fucking just do the right <laughs> yeah, thing, was, too. Fuck. Yeah, I was shitting bricks. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't want to. I didn't want to stuff it up for them either, too, because there were some bad dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and and sure. it's a bit of a skill riding with other people as well, let alone a trike. And if they yeah. and a coffin attached to you, yeah, yeah, that's it. And knowing that the people behind you are looking at you like. This guy better not fuck this up. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. yeah. It's fucking. 100%. Yeah. Mate. One thing we didn't mention was the pet side of it. That's, that's yeah. literally the next thing that I was going to, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, mate, you've, you've actually dove into a, a business model, which I think's fucking smart at. <laughs> like oh, like thanks, Cam mate. said, is the, the pet cremation game. Yeah. Like fucking hell. Yeah. What sparked that idea? So it was a combination of a couple of things, right? The, um, too many dead cats on the road? No. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, provide a council service. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I so when we got the when we got the first cremator up and running, the human one, yep. right? And the the business was just a very generic name. So when it was advertised out in the public, I would randomly get these phone calls from people and they were going, Hey, look, do you do you cremate pets? I'm like, no, I don't. I'm you know, I'm only licensed to the point where I was like, shit, you know, I'm gonna have to just start calling this human cremation services or something because like people are getting confused all the time. Yeah. And it kept it kept warranting it. Like it, every month I'd get two, three calls, mm. four calls. And that's not even advertising it. That was not, yeah, I know. I was, I was, yeah. had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Um, and I had to keep telling him, no, no, no. And then, so what happened was, man, um, my brother uh, rang me just before he died. He rang me and he goes, um, I want to build a, I want to, I want to set up a, I want to go into business with you. I want to do a pet cremation. Mm. And I said, yep, okay, let's do it. That sounds good. Let's do it. Cause he was, he was getting sick and tired of his work. He you know, was all this sort of shit. He wanted to get out of the game. He wanted to do something different. And, um, I said, yeah, yeah, okay, we'll we'll look into it. We'll look into it because I've been doing, I've been saying it for years. I'd say it to the missus. I'd say, you know, like, hey, let's let's maybe we should look into this. And then, obviously, uh, you know, when my brother passed, it was like, you know what, fuck it, I'm doing it. You know, like, I it, that was my boost to go. You know what, I'm fucking doing it, mm. and I did, and it's fucking gone crackers yeah like, yeah i couldn't i couldn't believe it it was uh i i literally i literally got it running and we we took a lease on a building um i put the application through council got the approval mm. the cremator come up and mate, i had people ringing me a month prior i actually tried to not trying to not get it out there because i thought well i thought that it was gonna 
it might take a little bit to get going. So yeah. I thought four weeks prior, I'll I'll, I'll set it live, and uh, we'll see how we go. We might be able to get a couple in while we while you know to test and do everything as we go along. Mate, it just fucking went fucking bonkers. Yeah, yeah. And is there a lot less paperwork involved? Oh, with, you mate, know, and, you, and oh. by the way, like for me, I'm like I could do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Like I and the yep. human thing, nah, I could mm. not do that. But someone else's pet, yep. Yeah. Like I could do that, and it's like there wouldn't be as much um, emotion involved with the shock sort of to the system, yes. less paperwork, and yes. yeah, like yeah, definitely. I oh, mate, I I love it, and the reason why I love it is a couple of reasons. One, funerals bring out the worst in people. Yeah, and death does. Yeah. And let's be honest. Like, it, 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 and it, sure. you're dealing with multiple families that want to that want to have their input in things, and yeah. and to yeah. be honest with you, it can be a fucking nightmare. Like, it really can be bad, and it takes it away from the the actual celebration of their life. That's right. Yeah, yeah it sure. gets it gets muddied by the by the especially big families, right? Like, definitely. Yeah, and it's always the same scenario, mate. It's 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 money related. It's it's wills and all this. Sort of, yeah. yeah, it's that shit. Yep. Anyway, so you're not dealing with that. You're dealing with one set of family. Mm. The family are great because they're not obligated to do it. Family's obligated to look after funerals and stuff like that. They have to look after someone. Yeah. They don't have to look after a dog or a cat. Yeah, they're choosing to. They're choosing to. Yeah. So they're they're happy. They're happy because they want to. There's someone that can do this for them, and you're only dealing with one family. There's no paperwork involved at all. Yeah. There's no having a. There's no having to book. You know, get coffins and book a day to do a service and get a get a doctor in to sign off a death certificate yeah. on a dog. And yeah. Fucking, there's Unreal. nothing. So it's one cremation, do the urn for the family, and then the next one comes in. It's it's just Been I love going it. well, mate. Oh, fantastic, mate. I yeah. and I I love it. Like I could literally, I'm not lying, man. I could actually just pull up the reins on um on doing the human side of things and just going to the animals. Yeah. yeah. Just it's just so much easier. Yeah. Oh yeah, I could imagine, man. Like straight yeah. away, like you said, the just the paperwork and the malt, the big families and that yeah. the doom and gloom yeah. sort of thing. And where it's almost like the pet thing, although people obviously some people treat pets like they do with humans and it's such a big bond there. Hmm. But like you said, it's more of a um celebration of like yeah. them coming to you that's to say, right. I really want to do this yeah. special thing for me. Yeah, pet. that's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And yeah. Um, you know, like, I don't know if it's just because like, I, you know, I'm just, as I get older, I'm getting crankier or if I'm just getting a bit more weathered or a bit long in the tooth and that sort of stuff. But my patience seems to be a little bit thinner. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah. You know, so like we spoke about before, mate, you're constantly having to deal with people at their lowest point of yes. their life. So it'd sometimes surely start to, you know, weigh on you a little bit. Yeah, it yeah. does, mate. Yeah. And yeah. like, so. Are you doing animals from the vet? Yeah, and like yeah. the vets will hit you up now to mm-hmm. decease the animal. Yeah, that's right. So we and like we've actually had some crazy ones too already. And like I haven't been operating a year, but like we'll do at home collections. So we run it the same as a funeral home. So yeah. we'll run a twenty four hour line. So if someone loses a pet at home, they can call this number and yep. we'll send we'll send people out, collect them. You know, they turn up in the van. They'll do a collection like anything. Yep. Um, then we also do them from vets as well. Um, and uh yeah run it like a like like a like a constant business and i think a uh, constant line sorry mm. for the business and, and and it seems to work the best way because people want that it's hard for them to uh they have to take it to the vet and then the vet will ring and then you collect from the vet like yeah. if you can it helps the vet out too. that's right well the mate i think it's a it's such a fucking good idea too because 
Especially, like, I've always been lucky enough, I suppose, to live on a property, property or yeah. something yes. where you go down the back, you dig a hole, That's right. and you bury old Fluffy. Yeah. But a lot of the times, if you're in a residential area and your dog dies, mm-hmm. what the fuck? Yeah, like, what do you, what do do? you go? Yeah, buddy. I had a bus driver that put one in a bin once, but that was about it. But I mean, that had happened yeah. more than more you than you think. Because, yeah. like, what the fuck do you do with yeah, it? 100%, this yeah. is, and the other sad thing is sometimes is you have to get your dog put down. You leave it with the vet, and they're with this strange person getting put down, and then mm. the vet just deals with it. That's Where exactly at right, least yeah. in this situation, like you actually can get that, and you can take your kids with your family dog and go put it in a nice spot and spread the ashes. Like, what a fucking great idea! Yeah, that's exactly right. And then it doesn't leave the vet with the burden of having to dispose of the, the animal because yeah. they obviously get quite a lot, and they get people that are bring them in and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. So it does. Um, it does yeah. sort of catch. I actually remember seeing something about a vet once, and they said the hardest part of their job is to see how many people just leave their pet yeah. to get put down without yeah. them, and the yeah. pet in their last moments is oh, looking for their yeah, owner yeah. while they're getting put down. Yeah, that's fucked. So I just think if you could do anything, it's fucking. See, the hardest thing for me a couple of times that's happened, but they've called mid-operation and said, "Hey, yeah, we can't. Yeah. It's either fucking ten thousand yeah. dollars, and you got one chance, and you go, oh, we'll." Put it down, yeah. but if I ever get the opportunity to have to get your dog put down, and you make that decision while they're conscious and that, the last thing, the like, all you can do is be there for that fucking animal. Of course, the last definitely. Day. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's it. And and you do hear about those, and you know, like, con- you imagine feeling for the vet, like that's their job, like yeah. having to put them down all the time. Mm. And I've, you know, you do hear uh, it could be quite, it's quite depressing for them too. You know, yeah, to deal it with it all be. the time and deal with that sort of I'll stuff. I'll ask you this. I'll put it respectfully. Have you? <laughs> Have you ever been asked to do like a speaking at a dog funeral or anything like that? <laughs> like, come on, yeah, we got some no, wild no, humans. No, actually, no. I, I well, I <laughs> ceremony for. I didn't know where that question par- was going. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, I did, I did some words actually for one of the guys at work. His, his daughter, you know, the cat, the cat died. And yeah, he yeah. wanted. To, he was traditionally wanted to do a burial and stuff. So he goes, yeah. hey, Bryce, you got any words that we could, you know, we could strum up for a, for a service?" Yeah, so I said, yeah, 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 no drama. So I just him up for a little service book for the for his service. Yeah, it was beautiful actually. And then I did one for my own. When I think we had a, had a bird or something die and. Mm. And my daughter there, and I was like, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you would have nailed it. I, oh, mate, fucking on the money. <laughs> yeah. My wife's sitting behind me trying not to laugh at me because yeah. I'm putting on my professional yeah. face, you know, doing like, a good job. You know, we're, you know, we gathered here today to mourn a special, you know, bird, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, yeah. you know, much loved. And what about the Rocky Zoo? You ever done any exotic animals? I did, mate. I actually did. I did a chimpanzee. Did ya? Yeah, there I you did. Go. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. That I reckon was... you'd be the only bloke around that's fucking cremated a chimp. Yep. Yeah, I know. Uh, mate, I was like that. I was like, the uh, he, he, uh, the, the, the animal passed away, the chimpanzee passed away from, um, it was uh, suspicious. Like, they didn't know what happened. It was sudden. Yeah, so right. they actually sent the they actually sent the chimpanzee down to the veterinary hospital. They did a full autopsy on it. Oh, like, so to like see a, how it died. What how it died. Anyway, um, the veterinary hospital called me and they said, "Oh, look, hey Brian, look, um, any chance you would you would you be willing to cremate a chimp?" I'm like, "A fucking what?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I said. I'm like, "A fucking what?" Yeah, and uh, yeah, so yeah, I did. It was. So trippy too because like I've never seen a chimpanzee up close. No. Um, and you know, like in a standard service that we provide, we provide 
uh, the families with like a paw print, a lock of hair, yeah, all this sort of stuff. To, you know, I help with the memorialization and whatnot. And so, you know, like I've got this chimpanzee and I've, you know, give, give done the paw print and you're looking at the paw print. It's like the fucking fingerprints. Yeah, it's a hand. It's a hand. Yeah. yeah. Oh, mate, oh, that blew me away. Yeah. That absolutely blew me away. And the other one was a three-legged goat. That was the other one that I wanted to. A three-legged goat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was... <laughs> That's what, yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. Mate, what's the difference between like, you know, you went through the process before with humans in yeah. the in the box, everything yes. like that, the magnet and that. Yes. What's the pro is there what's the differences between uh, so essentially it's very similar. Yeah. Like yeah. pretty much exactly the same. The yeah. only difference is that you don't you don't actually have like a coffin and anything yeah. like that. We we pretty much essentially just place the animal in as they are. Yeah. Um you, on the like you wouldn't believe it. Like I've actually pulled metal out of the out of a uh out of the ashes. Yep. And rocks. Rocks. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, right. Because yeah, animals yeah. eat rocks to yeah, fucking process food. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, but yep. yeah, yeah, pretty much exactly the same way. So uh yeah, so that's been running for just over a year now, mate. And that's uh yeah, it's been interesting, eh? Hey? Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure, mate. Yeah, I love fucking it. Fucking thanks for running us through that old game. Because <laughs> yeah. fucking hell, that's uh yeah. we're looking forward to talking to you about that. Yeah, that's I'm awesome. sure people got some fucking good insights on it. But before we move on to the next part, mate, how do people get involved if they want to use your services, either the pets or the like obviously yeah, sure. their loved ones or whatever? Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah. You know, how do they So the so the pet one's pretty simple, mate. It's it's forever pet cremation. So we put a little play on that, and I'm gonna give a shout out to my wife, Christy. She was the one that actually came up with that. So it's Forever, F U R E V. Oh, yeah, that's a bloody good name. Yeah, Forever Pet Cremations. Um, that one's you could just it's got a number on the website there, foreverpet.com.au. Yep, it services all central Queensland area, it services all down here and up there and yep. everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Oh, beautiful, mate. Yeah, and then, um, yeah, just got quality cremation services. That's the the main one, and yep. hence why people were getting confused. Like yeah, all they yeah. see is quality cremation services. They yep. assume that maybe they can do pets. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it was, it was a good thing by accident, I guess. Yeah. No, well, there you go, mate. That's yeah. unreal. Um, now, mate, a passion that we all share here mm-hmm. is watching UFC, oh, right, yeah. and mixed martial arts and stuff, something that I'm really getting into lately. But you've actually had some experience inside the cage. Yeah, so I've done a fair bit of training, mate, MMA fighting and stuff like that. Um, did a lot of points uh, striking stuff as a kid. Like it's always been in my – it's always been in my blood growing up, mate. So, you know, through Taekwondo, MMA training, Jiu-Jitsu – all that sort of stuff, um, and you, it's good because you like build up this appreciation for um, some of the stuff that you see in the UFC. Hey, yeah, yeah. Yep. So no, I, I, uh, you know, got a black belt in Taekwondo as a kid, um, right up through to my senior years. Um, then with the MMA training, um, striking, boxing, kickboxing, and then mainly the. Uh, Jiu-Jitsu was the last one that I sort of went with, and that's sort of the one I've been enjoying the most. Yep. Yeah, that one seems to be because the grappling involved, and it's just on another level. Yep. The problem was with the MMA stuff, mate, I – you know, I I get bashed around too much. Yeah, <laughs> and, walking around so, sporting a black eye. All yeah, time. I know you're walking into a funeral and you're trying to you got a tissue still stuck up your nose and shit <laughs> because you fucking got the flogging in the morning. Yeah. Uh, so I had to sort of give up that stuff pretty quickly. Like I, I fucking loved it. Like, yeah. Absolutely loved it. Getting in the ring and having a having a fucking box on and whatever. And so the so my coach turned around to me. He goes, "Oh, well, you know, what about jujitsu?" And I said, "Oh, yeah, rightio." So I. Thought I'd get into that, did a bit, did, and then um, just fell in love with that. Yep. Uh, went and did some competitions uh, around there as well. 
Um, went to the Rocky Open there, scored a gold and a couple of silver, and then I nice. thought, stuff it, let's go a bit bigger. So I went down to Gold Coast, did the Gold Coast Open down there, jagged a, jagged a gold and a heavyweight. And, uh, yeah, nice, Yeah, I some big boys. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then I uh, went back up to CQ up Mackay last year and did the Mackay Championship up there, got three gold up there, so that was... Awesome, mate. Yeah. So, no, I really enjoyed that. Uh, what about the uh, jiu-jitsu, the sport? you reckon sucked you in? Because I suppose coming from the punching on and everything mm. and then going to that, like what did you? What sort of took you by surprise and drew you into the sport, do you think? So it was – the problem was um, that I found when I, was, when I was doing MMA was as soon as someone got me to the ground, I was fucked. Mm. And then also the fact of like striking as well. Like if you if – you, like and I'm not – an advocate for violence or anything like that at all. But like yeah. if you got put into a situation where you had to punch someone or, you know, like the last thing you want to do is do that. Now, you don't want to punch them because you could potentially kill them. Especially with the whole movement of the one punch one, can one, kill yeah, them. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. Whereas if you could detain someone and potentially rear naked choke them or strangle them or do – it's a lot more safer. Yeah. And, you know, it's a no, lot. Yeah, it's a lot more intimidating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, getting, yeah that's right. <laughs> so you're going to sleep, mate. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Good night, sweetheart. You know, yeah. they say. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go to bed. Come on, you'll be waking up. Yeah, yeah. So that was purely that was purely the reason behind it. Actually, it was because that that whole thing like that, and yep. then um, and then it sort of turned into a bit of a sport as well. Like I just sort of got the love for it. Um, yeah, and then and it's a whole another level itself. The and then it's like it's like a like a game of chess too. Like there's just so much involved in it that yep. you can never really, you know. It's good for the soul as well. Like it's like it's good mind, good mind thing. But then also too, like there's nothing more than knowing that you're about to get choked out, and that's the only thing that matters at that point in time. Yeah, like, yeah. So it's a lot more grounding than doing stand up. Yeah, like you get like, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's also like it's humbling too. Mm. Like very Fuck humbling. Yeah. Like we could probably roll into this thing and we'd probably get choked out by a forty kilo chick. That's exactly right. You know, that, yeah. that knows what the fuck to do. That's what happened to me. I walked in yeah. there the first time I walked in there. I had like a 35, 40 kilo kid choking me. I'm like, what the, <laughs> what the fuck? I'm like, what the fuck? I remember walking out there almost crying. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I was like, what the fuck just happened? It'd be a cool experience to come with you one day and um just I don't know, experience today. Just go, right, oh, we'll see how we go. And just because I, I'd find that interesting to just actually have a crack too mm. and then see what training and persistence yes. and knowledge actually does instead of just brute, like brute strength. Because what happens there is that they tire out quick too. Yeah. So you can play with them, mate. Like you can let them think that they got it, mate. And as soon as they start losing their breath, that's when it's your time to shine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how many blokes do you see sort of roll in off the street or whatever? Like with the chest puffed out, just ready to smash cunts. Yeah, yeah. Fucking, oh, fucking all the time, mate. And they, and they and they get humbled quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking humbled quick. Yeah, they and, would. And uh, no, I love because I like at at the funeral home at the front of the section of the funeral home. There, there's a vacant block, like a vacant um, room. Yep. So I ended up just putting mats at the front there. Yeah. So I've got mats out there. I've actually I've actually still got my coaches. Um, MMA cage out there too. So but oh, nice. It's, it's not set up oh, at the moment. It. But no, it's good. Sparring. Yeah. Oh, mate, come in. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to do a lap up there. I think See how the whole game works. Yeah, fucking I think, I, I think I've texted you three, well, three yeah. occasions. I still haven't come up, so no, we're going to yeah. make it happen. you got to. Come up for the day. 
Yeah. We'll bring bring we'll bring the coaches in too. You have a bit of a play. Do a, do a little vlog of us getting wrestled. <laughs> <laughs> sure, everyone will want to watch that. Us two getting choked out. Yeah. No, yeah. that'd be funny as. Yeah. Hey, fuck, no, fucking oath, mate. So uh, yeah, no, it was good like that, and um, uh, no, it was very humbling, mate. So mm. no, that's that's probably the biggest thing: humbling, and it's a it's it's good for the brain, and it's a great way to shut off from all the shit that's going on during the day as well. Yeah, for sure, yeah. especially like, mate. Talking to you about all that stuff that we talked about before, it would be good to just focus on uh, focus on that. Is it raining? Yes. Yeah. I was going to oh, say, yeah. it's yeah. either there's a fucking loud car going past with raining. So if you hear that, fucking shout out to rain. Yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> but, mate, like, so the next part, I suppose, and to wrap it up properly is is starting your podcast, mate. So, yes. like, and for me, like, with your experience in the death game, mixed, mixed martial arts and general life experience, you have a pretty unique story to tell mm. and in a pretty flooded podcast industry that's the secret to success in my opinion offering something that other people don't or can't offer so yeah. like what like what was the idea behind it bro? so there's a, there's a couple of reasons behind it and one and obviously a big part of it is what you guys done yeah. here like that i mean let's be honest i mean i, I was envious of what you guys have done it's yeah. fantastic so that's definitely one of the big one of the big pushes behind it yeah. and also from the support from you guys as well what you were saying um, yeah. really gave me motivation to want to do it yeah a couple of shout outs a couple of reasons uh one i've got this old lady her name's glenda she's in her she's in her mid to late 80s she's an absolute sweetheart right yeah. so she once a month she would come in and she would uh, she's pa- she was paying off her funeral. So she'd come yeah, in right. once a month. Yeah, yeah. To the point where she'd ring me. She goes, oh, lovey, you know, I'm coming in this Thursday. What do you want for lunch? So I'm like, oh, I'll have a corn meat salad roll or something. She's like, yeah, no worries. So she'd, she would bring me in lunch yeah. and she'd pay her funeral, uh, pay a part of her funeral. We'd sit there and have a chat. So I would – but she was, like, telling me these stories, you know, these great stories. So – and I was like, geez, I'd really love to capture that, you know, yeah. like to get that for, for the family. Yeah, because there's some stories I'm sure the family don't know about or anything mm. like that. So I was like tinkering the idea of just recording it and then just having it. And then there was a couple other reasons. One, I had a good mate um, who got uh, uh, diagnosed with stage four uh, melanoma cancer, mm. and um, he was down at the Brisbane down in Brisbane uh, receiving treatment. Well, I actually went and saw him when, when yeah. we were at the Magic Round. Yeah, and um, same sort of scenario. We just said, look, mate, we need to. We need to record something, capture, yeah. capture these stories that you've gone through before mm. it's too late, you know. Yeah. And then, um, and then talking to to Knuckles, you know, yeah, it was, Quick, quick, quick diversion there. Shout yeah. out a quick thing about Knuckles that people don't know about. Before he did the CTC and before yeah. he was electric um, in the mines, he actually did a stint as a funeral director with me. So yeah, there's yeah. another another day and another story he can tell you about. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a proper tree yarn. That's yeah, another yeah. proper tree yarn. Proper proper tree. Yeah, I'm fucking yeah. Um, there's a couple in that. Uh, and then. Uh, then it was your personal experiences too, mate. What you yeah. were saying on your podcast with your good mate and stuff like that. And you oh. were saying you were saying how you were able to capture that. You know, well, mate, you captured I, that moment. And that's that's to this day with what we've done, doing it as a job now, doing quite well, whatever. Out of all the things I'm most grateful about, having those couple of hours with yep. me, mate, that will forever have and his family and friends will forever be able to listen to because tell me another way that when someone goes, you can look at photos, you can watch videos, but they're all probably two minutes long. 
Yeah. And you never actually, yeah. and it's always to do something or put on a show where that, like a podcast, a conversation with someone. Yeah. You can actually sit there and just get to know them a bit. Yeah. And hear what they were like and just Listen them to their being, energy, yeah, their personality. Them being themselves. So it's such a special thing, man, mm. that I'll forever be grateful for. Yeah, and, that's it. And, you know, it's just, yeah, it's awesome, mate. And that is exactly the reason why I did did that. Mm. was because of exactly what you're just saying there. Yeah. So the emphasis behind it was to capture these eulogies, capture mm. stories of people's lives that um, would normally be shared at funerals normally shared by a third person, not shared by the person who's actually passed away. So there's these key notes, there's these key things in these stories that aren't told, that don't, that wouldn't be, you know, mm. you know, gone with the person that's passed away. You know, so that's the idea of it, is to capture those eulogies. Mate, imagine if, I just had a little thought then. Yeah. Imagine if someone could come to you, right, knowing that they're going to pass away yeah. and record like a... Sort of um, what you've yeah, done yeah. with a like, couple of them, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. like record a fucking chat that they could play at their funeral. A hundred percent. How cool. fucking sick would that be? That would be so to sick. To be like, what's going on, motherfuckers? Wouldn't that be cool? And like have it all set up too, so like you yeah. purposely put people in certain spots so he can sit there and go, yeah, yeah. John, fuck you. Yeah. You're a dog. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just a cool thing. Like you said, that eulogy, like you're actually talking to someone about their life and stuff. And yeah. Yeah, man. It's Yeah. It's and so that's the that's the emphasis behind it. Yeah, we do, and we do um, share a couple of little stories where you know some industry related stuff for people that are interested in that. But the mm. idea of it is just to give everyone an opportunity to share their own eulogy. So that's fucking awesome. Yeah, so, and it's a good breakup for me too, mate. Like again, yeah, you know, yeah. like. Uh, you know, if it's just from example, some of the things that I've shared, like it's good to just be able to get away from that and just have a bit of a more of a informal conversation with people, have mm. a bit of a chat, break up the work week. Um, Catch some, up with mates as cat, well that you it, haven't yeah. seen in a while. And you that's, know that's why yeah. like we started yeah. it. It was just like started by that, catching up with a mate. And I suppose you're talking about some posit- like the positive stuff for someone's yes. life yes. while you're having that conversation yeah. instead of like doing it after they've died in That's a negative right. situation, yeah, in, right? In a, yeah, as a, as a past tense, as opposed mm. to in the presence now. Yeah. So no, it's it, and it's it's been it's been fun, mate. Like, yeah, I've really sure. been enjoying it. No, eh? it's been good watching, mate. What you've done and staying consistent with it and stuff like that. And like, what's the name of it for everyone? So the name of it is Dead Ass Podcast. Yeah, <laughs> Dead Ass Podcast. <laughs> Dead ass podcast. How'd, you, how'd you come up with that name? Mate? Oh, another shout out to the wife. Yeah, <laughs> she, right. yeah, Christy. She came up with that. I was yeah. thinking of all these different things, and then. Uh, I think it's like Hayden, my oldest boy or something. He, he's like walked in and he said something he's like, yeah, dead ass. Like, you know, like seriously. He's like, that's what he says. Yeah. He says something serious. Like, yeah, dead ass. And Chris is like, what just call that? Dead ass podcast. And I'm like, fucking hope. Fucking why not? That yeah, sounds nice. perfect. Plays yeah. to the tune. And mate, on all the platforms and everything? All the platforms, mate. Yep. Yeah. So awesome. that, it's on the Spotify and Apple yep. Podcasts. Apple Podcast. we, put a, we put an odd video up on there on YouTube and stuff as well. Yeah. But yeah, no, and uh, yeah, taking some advice from you boys as well in yep. regards to doing the um, uh, consistency. And yeah. Them out. Try to bring them out twice a week, put one out on a Tuesday and one out on a Friday. Yep. Um, and then in there, we put a little sub show in there called The Morning Show, like M O U R. The Morning Show. Yeah. So, <laughs> I like it. Yeah. yeah. Cheers, mate. Yeah, for sure. So, no, it's, and it's been, it's fun, mate. So, yeah. Been enjoying it, mate. Oh, I love it. I yeah. love it. And yeah. That's right. the main thing, isn't it? Yeah. Like at the yeah. end of the day, bro, if you don't have any expectations of where it needs to go and you're just fucking enjoying that's, yourself. And that's exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah. And like, a lot of podcasts go after big names. You're bringing characters just from the community yeah, out. Yeah. 
100%. And yeah. they're interesting as fuck. It's what oh. we, we, we try to do as well. So it's yeah, good yeah. to see. No, that's great. Like, oh, mate, like, oh, bring him in, man. I appreciate that. Like, and, that's, that's. And that's the thing, too, which I think is like, and trust me, man, like talking to Steve Owen, talking to some of these guys, yeah. it's been really cool. But I'll always want to still have a chat to fucking battlers like us yeah. and you and everyone who are just getting through shit and have yeah. a story to tell. Yeah. And I think that's where some people fuck up. They think you need someone that people already know, but it's like, man, some of these people have got the best fucking yarns ever yeah. to share. Yeah, yeah 100%. Right. It's a lot better to relate to someone that's doing the same as you in life. Yeah, Well, exactly. it is. It's very relatable. And and then you and it's more like a case of just keeping you grounded too, I guess, in a sense. Mm. Like you get to share those common things with the with the common folk, you know. Yeah. And, and it, it's, oh, mate, like I'm only doing dozen episodes in <laughs> fuck me i'm getting some good stories eh? yeah yeah oh just bangers mate <laughs> yeah for oh, sure shout out to nurse nasty mate she's she's a fucking cracker eh? yeah i didn't see the clips of that that yeah, was wild yeah, yeah. one to the lesbian going in the middle of the street on a harley and red fuck me boots what a darling <laughs> <laughs> how good is that yeah, that's, her, that's her words not mine yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. she hey, spoke that's, well that's yeah, fucking did. epic yeah mate what about um you got any goals with it like anything that you're sort of working um, towards or you're still you're just chugging away, just doing mate, your thing? I, look, you know, hey, look, at the end of the day, if I could just if I could just do my pet thing and then just do the podcasting, yeah. that would be the that would be the ultimate goal. Yeah. You know, like I think I think the funeral industry side of things with the humans with the human things, I think that that has that has an expiry date. Yeah. On 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 me, mm. not yeah. not not the industry. Or anything. I'm just talking about me. I think it's one of those industries where, um, and I've seen it through family members and stuff like that, where it does consume them and it does get too 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 much. Well, mate, while you're still this normal bloke, yeah. right, and you're not the bloke that Cam mentioned before. Yes, that, you yeah. know, you yeah. want to get out of that game before you turn into that bloke, right? That's exactly where you're right. just numb and yeah. fucking rah rah. rah. Yeah. So yeah. the, it's pretty cool that now, like with the pet thing taking off like yes. it has, yes, and the podcast kicking off. Hopefully, we can give you a nice kick up the dut for some yeah. fucking listeners, mate. Yeah, thanks, mate. And and you know who knows, bro? You might yeah. be able to let that go and really right. enjoy the the positive stuff yeah. of what you created. And, and and I think like you know, at every point, um, you got to sort of uh, take a jump in some things and have and have a crack at it because okay. you know and like. That's where it's gotten to me today by doing that stuff and and not expecting anything out of it, like and that's and that's what I'm going with at the moment, just rolling with it and enjoying mm. it. It's yep. fucking fun, mate. Yeah, it's no, unreal, mate. Yeah, well, fucking, and it's good. And you've actually, um, by doing that, you've put yourself into the fucking running for the podcast royale. <laughs> yeah, mate. The knuckles is fucking thrown in, and yeah. good luck know, to the opponent. Yeah, <laughs> that's like I don't know when this episode's um actually going to come out, so yeah. don't know where it'll be in the timeline of it. But yeah, behind the scenes, we're like we're like a duck at the moment with this boxing event. Like you look at us on top of the water, and it looks like we're doing fuck all. But you look underneath, bro, yeah. and there's fucking shit going everywhere so by the time you hear this it's probably more confirmed but yeah you'll be um fighting on that boxing card mate <laughs> yeah, which will be <laughs> fucking interesting i fucking can't wait <laughs> it'll be good <laughs> yeah, i can't hope. wait to watch you <laughs> yeah, that's what i was saying <laughs> that to the missus she's like i said i said i got a boxing fight coming up she's like oh fuck me because <laughs> <laughs> she knows i have like a little bit of an addictive personality yeah. you know, like it that's probably why it helps a bit with with some of the things that i've done yeah so just the thought and like as soon as knuckles put my name in it I was just like, fuck, here we go. Yeah. 
yeah, that's going to be the focus for a little while. Eh? I think yeah. Doing a bit of training and stuff like that, but also having fun with it. Like, it's fantastic. I think it's great what you guys are doing. Eh? Mm. It's going to be fucking awesome. But, mate, at least your hope. message is used to you being in the fighting game. Imagine us two telling out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the way, darling, I'm fighting. <laughs> you fucking what? <laughs> the addictive uh, game does work well in business, eh? It does. Yeah. yeah, it does. And, like, that's the thing. Like, um, one thing I would probably say is definitely don't keep all your eggs in one basket. Branch out. Do a couple of little bits and pieces. Yeah, mate. Hey, dip your finger in different little things and have a crack at it. You got nothing If it to doesn't lose. work out, okay. Well, yep. at least I can say that I fucking gave yeah, it yep. a fucking crack and that's it didn't. Exa- that's exactly Instead right. Instead of going, oh, I wonder if I did that that time. I I saw this oh, I saw this great quote this morning when I was actually driving here. That, uh, one of the ladies that did up the logo for the Deadass Podcast, uh, Lani, she, she had this quote that said something like um, – the biggest risk of all or something is not taking a risk or, mm, you know, it mm. creates more risks by not doing a, like by having a crack or something like that. It was really nice. It was like, it, it pretty, I'm paraphrasing it, but it was like, yeah. you know, you're taking more risks by not taking a risk. Well, you're not getting out of this alive. That's exactly so, it. Yeah. Well, you know what the end well. result is. Yeah. Uh, I guarantee it. And like, cause you know, comfort is dangerous. It, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is dangerous. Very dangerous. And like, you know, you know, I'll be there at the end of the day anyway. Mm. You'd be yeah. you'd be meeting me at the end of your own. Yeah, so. yeah, fucking yeah. I have to get a discount or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and on cash jobs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's one of those things, man, that for anything out of this boxing thing, it's given me a good kick in the ass to not be such a fat fuck and look after myself a little bit. Well, that's great. And, yeah. and you know, if that's all that we get out of it, then fucking sweet. Because yeah. I get a bit of a mentality kick in the dut. Like yeah. to go, right, pull your head in, you've been yeah. a bit slack, you've been fat. Because at the end of the day, how many real how many Real fat old cunts, do you see? That's exactly right. Yep. Mm. Not many. Not many at all. No. <laughs> There's not too many really old fat cunts getting You're around. fucking spot on. And and I can I can guarantee that. <laughs> yeah. Proof is in the pudding. Yeah. But, that, uh, and, but also, too, like, it's great that you guys are just uh, – uh, it's a great thing that you're doing all together as well. Yeah, that's right. You know that's what I mean? Like, like a positive movement. Oh, of course it is, crack. definitely. And, like, that's another thing, too. That was one of the driving factors behind – Behind all that as well, like I'm, I'm stoked that I even got to mention to jump in with it. I'm fucking stoked, man. I, yeah. <laughs> fuck, yeah, yeah, I'm like a fucking pit bull ready to go. <laughs> but yeah. like, but like, um, you know, like just that positivity and that encouragement and everything that you guys are doing with your group, the trendsetters group, and all that sort of stuff, mate. Like I sit there and read some of that stuff. It's fucking fantastic. Mm. You know, yeah, and then good. and then you guys lead your way with doing that sort of stuff as well. And doing this uh, fitness side of things, and then getting in and doing that, giving. But it, you know, it's promoting people to get out and take a risk and have a shot too. Yeah, the biggest yeah. thing I'm trying not to do though is like, because we're only just sort of starting this, a couple of weeks in or whatever, and changing the mindset a little bit. But the last thing you want to do is all of a sudden carry on like you fucking oh spot on. like your David yeah, yeah. Goggins. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. no yeah. way. No, I'm, no like yeah. I'm just trying to. And the hardest thing is, yeah. is we got to share what we're trying to do, and it's like trying to change a little bit and get a little bit fitter without coming across as a turbo going. Guys, make sure you get to the gym. Like, yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. chill out, cunt. You've been talking about making <laughs> Why are you sure. chicken breast? Yeah. <laughs> you just finished talking about making yeah. sure you eat a pie every day this week. <laughs> yeah. Now, you, now you're complaining whether your rice is white or brown. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. Quinoa or what? Yeah. But it's all about that balance, baby. What no, we talk about, eh? No, but I think the way you guys are doing is fucking spot on anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So. No. Mate, I think we should close in with a few guest questions. Yep. But before we get to that, mm-hmm. there's a fucking yarn that <laughs> I need to get out of you yeah. that's fucking one in a million. Mm. Remember you were telling us, I think it might have been in Perth or on the piss, and Knuckles actually said you got to get Brizey to tell you about that. 
And it's when you found the dead bloke, mate. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't fucking believe it. I actually found my family and I found it. We found our own dead body. It was uh, crazy. We so it was a Sunday afternoon, mate. We had they had the two young kids, and I had uh, my daughter with us, my older daughter with us as well. And um, she goes for some reason she uh, her boyfriend or something. Um, she wanted to go to the cemetery. She always wanted to go to the cemetery, have a look at it, you know, and because we're funeral directors and blah, 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 there's always that little bit of, you know, go and have a look at one, maybe someone that you buried or, you know, go and have a little bit of history or whatever. So she goes, oh, look, you know, my boyfriend never takes me to the cemetery. We'll go over and have a, we'll go over and have a look. And I said, yeah, no worries. So we pulled in at the cemetery and um, we're going around, we're having a look. Now, right in the middle of the cemetery, there's this bloody tree. A massive big tree. You know those ones that's got like the the stumps like from the branches. They go out and put another one into the ground. Like it spreads right out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going through the middle, and as we're walking past, I've got so I've got Christy, my wife, my two younger kids, and also my older daughter. And we're going through, and we we notice that there's some clothes sitting on certain headstones, and we're like, what the fuck are they doing there? Like that's really weird. Mm. It looked like it was almost like someone was hanging them out to dry, you know, like yeah, it was right. a bit random. So as we're sort of walking over to that area, my wife, I said, look, just stay away. There might be someone around here. And as I said that, my wife said, oh, look, he's over there laying in the grave. I'm like, fucking laying in the grave. She's like, yeah, you're laying in the grave. I said, oh, fuck, I'll go over and see him and make sure everything's all right. Because we did see that there was a little squalor over in the corner there. There was like a mattress and all this sort of stuff. But I didn't realize that there was there was a fucking body like laying there right next to him in the grave. So anyway, I go over and I'm like looking and I'm like, he's backwards away from me. And I'm like, hey, mate, you know, you, you okay? You're right there? Excuse me, sir. And then my wife's like, sir, are you okay? And as I start to get closer, I notice, you know, like when you, you know, like when you leave your car out, on the outside, like, and it's a it's a real like moisture uh, morning dew, you know. Yeah. And the sun comes out, and you're left with like the dust and the wet marks all over the car. Yeah. As I started getting closer, I noticed that look on his jacket, yeah. and I'm like, oh. And as I started to get closer, I could see that there was ants crawling towards him. And then as I got close, I'm like, oh shit. This guy's dead. <laughs> I'm like, fuck. Excuse me laughing, but I'm just like, fuck. Yeah. What's the fucking chances I find a dead body in a fucking cemetery? Yeah, what? Yeah. In a grave. And funeral, funeral director. director. Funeral, funeral director. director. What are you oh. coming down here for fun, mate? Oh, oh, yeah. no, the whole situation. You can imagine how fucking weird that sounds, yeah. eh? So oh. I'm sitting there and I'm like, so, that, you know, we come over and I'm like, ah, oh, for fuck's sake. So it took me a good... I want to say three to five minutes working up the courage to call the police mm, and yeah. explain to them, one, that I found a body, two, that the body's in a cemetery, three, that he's in a grave, but he's technically in it but not under it, like not on top of it. He's yeah. like sunken in. Was and it? then, conf yeah, it was sort of it like wasn't it was buried. Like, yeah. yeah, it wasn't yeah. buried, yeah. yeah. And then how I, could how I knew he was dead. And and then you know yeah, so I ring them and I ring the I ring the police and they go okay, you know what's you know triple O or whatever and they go okay what's the matter with the emergency so look I found a deceased person here at the cemetery like okay 
Say that again. Say, oh, yeah, I found a deceased person at the cemetery, but he's meant to be. He's not meant to be above the ground. He's not, you know. And I'm fucking yeah. stuffing up. You know, I'm trying to backtrack everything I'm saying. I can't. I can't word it properly yeah. without sounding like a fucking idiot. You know, what's this? What's this crackhead doing? You know. Yeah. And then, and then she goes, okay. So how can you confirm that he's dead? Well, I said, oh, would you believe that I know I deal with deceased persons all the time. I'm a fucking funeral director, and she just sort of goes silent for like five seconds. And I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, God, they got to follow it up. And she goes, where is it? It's the Southside Cemetery. It's like, you know, blah, blah, blah. We're here and we're ready to go. She goes, okay, no worries. We'll send some around. So, you know, two, three minutes goes past. And I'm thinking, these guys, they, they don't, they're not going to believe me. You know, like mm. I know that they're supposed to report. And they, they did. But at that time, like two minutes to me felt like fucking 10, you know, 10, oh, 15 a- minutes, you know. Mm. And... So sure enough, I ring one of the blokes who's got the after hours calls for the coroner stuff. I said, can you please ring comms and tell them that I'm not fucking kidding, like that I've actually found a body yeah. in the fucking cemetery that's not meant to be in the cemetery. Um, come and do, you know, we need to do a collection. So obviously that's given him the prep. He knows because he's going to be, the, I'm gonna, mm. he's the one that has to come and collect him. So... Uh, so, that, so police turn up, ambulance turns up, cops turn up. Obviously they, you know, I've dealt with them over the years. They know who I am. He goes, oh, look, it's not common that you fucking beat us to the scene, mate. What's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so dealing with that shit and then dealing with the banner of being there in the first place and, oh, you know. Who was then, the first one to go, oh, yeah? What is it? Like, was there any of those yeah, sort of yeah, like, to give you a bit of... Oh, what business is a bit slow this week, mate. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh, shit, a bit dead quiet. <laughs> so, yeah, that's yeah, stupid yeah. shit. Mate, how did you, like, when you, when you first sort of saw that and you thought, oh, he's dead, did yeah. you, like, go around to the other side and yeah. actually proper go, right, yeah, yeah, he's fucking definitely dead. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I went right, yeah. And look, mate, I, I can tell, like, straight yeah. away. I could tell the yeah. discoloration in him. Yeah, the, yeah. You know, the, 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 the ants that were all over it. There, you know, there was all yeah. there was all these obvious, it was obvious signs. Mm. Like he he'd obviously been deceased for obviously I would say minimum 24 hours. Yeah, right. He, he, the previous morning or maybe late that night. Yeah. And then I seen him that afternoon. We saw him about four o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Um so, but it was like obvious signs. Obviously, if I had would have thought anything different, I would have touched him or moved him yeah, and made sure yeah, he was okay. Sure. But I knew, I knew from my yeah, years of dealing with the coroners that I knew that he was deceased. Yeah, so I didn't touch him at all. Yeah, you know? for sure. Yeah, so um, long story short, actually, after after that, so we, when it first happened, there's this elderly guy and he's walking down towards us, yeah. and I'm sitting there, going, fuck, I don't want to talk to you know. I'm still dealing with the fact that this person yeah. just passed away. Yeah, this this person's dead in the cemetery. He comes over and he's like, he goes, oh, I just come to check on old mate. I said, oh yeah, fucking old mate's just here. He's no good. Like, oh, true. I said, oh, he's, your name, he's, you know, is your name Jim? He's like, yeah, yeah, it is. I said, oh, fuck, oh, you're one of my prepaid funeral clients, mate. He's like, oh, oh, oh shit, he goes, that's still active. I'm like, yeah, mate, you're, act- well, you're still here, you're still alive, it's still yeah. active. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was just a bit crazy. Anyway, long story short, he, um, he, he was a homeless fella. Okay. He'd been in there for so long. He'd um, lost his housing. He was known to police, police who knew he was straight away. Yeah. Um, the ambulance people come over to us and obviously they thought that we were, they didn't know who we were. Yeah. You know, I didn't know who we were my family. You know, my kids have grown up around that industry. So they're seasoned in the fact of death and stuff like that. They know that sort of stuff. So, mm. you know, the ambulance have come over and spoken to him, uh, to my kids and said, you know, are they, 
are they okay? You know, how are you? Are you doing all right? Are you, are you okay? And my son's like looking at me going, Dad, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. that's all right, buddy. They, yeah, yeah, they yeah. Think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, well, it's probably a lucky thing that you found him, and not like imagine just a fan like me and my family, for example. Yeah. They yeah. would have rocked fucking us a fair bit more than oh, like for yourself. Would. Like lucky yeah. that you, you were yeah, used definitely. to dealing with that because you don't bump into dead people very often on no, just at, no. at, at at public areas. I suppose. What's the fucking chances that I do? Like that, yeah, you know, let alone, <laughs> oh, I know. The that's, way that, that's like, how was the car drive home? Go, maybe we should go check out the beast down at your poon next time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's go, yeah, yeah, let's go for a walk along a the beach front. excursion. Probably yeah. find someone yeah. washed up. Fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking my luck. Yeah. yeah. I know, but that's exactly what it was. All that we were saying on the way back was like, what the fuck? I remember Knuckles saying, because like he told us about you before like, yeah. you know, and that goes, yeah, one of my good mates is fucking funeral director and shit. Mm. And we're going, oh, right. And he goes, you wouldn't believe it. He found a dead cunt. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, statistically, you'd think that would be up there, eh? But, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. that's right. Yeah, isn't uh, that fucking weird? It but, is, man. Yeah. So, yeah, what he was, so he was like under that tree. Is that where he sort of yeah, set up his little. Yeah, he'd been it. Yeah, so long story short, he, um, he, he, uh, they he it was one of those scenarios that we're talking about before where you actually got held up at the up, up at the hospital for quite some time while they were trying to find uh next of kin. Yeah. Oh. So uh the last known last known uh next to Kim was his mother and the last point of contact that they had with her was like nineteen eighty six or something. Oh and, yeah. And the address that they went to that was last thing it was an estate. Uh, I was a an industrial estate by that time. The house had been demolished and stuff. So he had no no next to kin, no relatives or something. And essentially what happened was I did, I did actually. <laughs> nice to see you I again, champion. Yeah, well, <laughs> I did actually put forth to the, to the, to the <laughs> justice department or whatever. I, I did make a mention that, look, I, I'd be quite happy to, yeah. to take care of a cremation for him for no charge because, yeah. you know, the connection that me and I might have. <laughs> but yeah. like, yeah. I don't know, like, if they took it as me being like, they didn't accept it. Yeah, right. So oh, right, yeah. I don't know if it was because my name was on the person that found him. And next thing, this is the yeah. same guy fucking getting oh. rid of him. And, you know, so it might have maybe, maybe it made it stirred up a bit of mm. a bit of drama or something like that. But I did definitely put my hand in to ha- help out. And, yeah. Have, uh, and then, like, he could have just hung around with me at the office or something. Like, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. you got no one else. Like, <laughs> did they, like, yeah. did they do a thing where they fucking, um, the autopsy or whatever, or was that one of those ones where they like? It was. I think it was pretty. I think it was pretty clear cut from what it was. I, I think they did a because quite often some of them will be just like an external where they'll do like a CT scan. They'll scan the disease if they're pretty confident what they think the person passed away from. They might just do a scan for the records yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's pretty evident by the way that it had happened that it looked like he'd um he did something had happened to him. He'd fallen back and knocked himself, and I think he sort of went unconscious from that point and and. Possibly passed away. I think that's yeah. sort of like the basic one of what happened. Yeah. So fucking what a yarn, eh? That's uh, that's pretty hectic, man. It's <laughs> up there, fucking up there. Oh no, fucking uh, it. Uh. mate. Wrapping it up. Yeah. We got some guest questions. These are pretty fresh, so I'll send you a little text yeah. with them on the way up here. But we'll run through them, eh? Yeah, sure. Sounds mate, good. First one. Down you ever in. been arrested? No, I've been. Uh, no, not <laughs> not arrested. Yeah, I've been detained. Yeah, a couple times, but it's one of those cases of knowing a bloke. Yeah, so yeah. he's just like, uh, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, get the yeah. fuck. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So it's been close a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, what was uh, what was your first job? 
Uh, Papin said at the morning bulletin. Yeah, right. Yeah. I did fucking three shifts, I think. I told him to go get fucked. I think it was just fucking terrible. <laughs> it wasn't for you. No, fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> it had a few paper boys now. Yeah, we had one Pete. hasn't come out yet. The episode hasn't come out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but we, we've got one that, that'll be coming out later on. He was a paper boy as well. Yeah, that would have been – yeah, that was my first job. And that, that lasted three shifts, mate. I was like, fuck this. Yeah, well, just walking around or riding the pushy. No, just... it was actually at the – oh. they go to it and, like, they've only got sections of the paper and you, you've got to sit there and fo- put them together. Oh. So, you, you like, you imagine, like, literally, like, I still got the hand movement. Like, there was, like, something like this shit that I had to do for, like, five, six hours. Oh, wow. It was mind-numbing. Yeah, that, was <laughs> that fucking, would have been my number. It was. Thank God we got a digital age on that one. <laughs> yeah, I reckon. That was fucking shit. Fucking <laughs> Mate, this next one, um, you can invite three people to dinner, dead or alive. Like, who are they and why? So uh, three. So the reason why I chose these ones is purely because I'd love to hear some of their fucking stories, and that's purely why I'd have them. Yeah. Yep. So one of them would be Al Capone. Yeah. Because I'd love to hear some of his gangster stories and some of the shit that they got up to. Yeah. I'd love to know. That's probably. <laughs> I'd love to know. Right. I'd love to know John F. Kennedy. Yeah. Because I'd love to know what really happened, what was going on, why. There would have been more to why he got fucking, fucking. Yeah. You yep. know, and also asked, you know, how did, how did Marilyn Monroe go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway. Uh, and Elvis, Elvis yeah. Presley, same thing, you yeah. know, just spe- uh, fat Elvis too. Yeah. Right? yeah. Because fun Elvis. Fun Elvis. That's right. You know, he liked the party. Karate Elvis. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Fucking yeah. Right. So purely That's just sick. to hear some of their bangers. You know, Mate, that would be a fucking ripper yarn, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> That'd be a bender. Yeah. Oh, fucking right. Yeah, yeah. So that would be, that would be my three. Yeah. Unreal brother. That's yeah. fucking prime. Cheers, bro. Um, what's the best piece of advice that you've been given? Now, the best piece of advice, um, and I know that I know it's really cliche, but you know, like, like you all say, yeah, yeah, but it's pretty much just to give everything a crack and like, don't, you know, and reading that stuff this morning about the, about it's more of a risk taking than not doing, having a crack at something. So, you know, I, I use like Joe Dirt quotes all the time. Life's a garden, dig it. Fuck it. Yeah. You know, you got to keep on keeping on, but there's so much truth into that putting, uh, into that into what they're saying about those sorts of things. Yeah. It's more about having a crack. I know like I was told by a good mate of mine um, when shit hit the fan and I wasn't getting any work coming in and I needed to do something, he just said to me, what do you got to lose? Have a crack. Mm. Fucking have a go at doing it this way. Let's see how you go. Yep. yep. That's that. You know, you got more. Yeah. You got more to lose. Ah, oh, fucking oath, mate. Yeah. So no, nothing really in general, mate. It's more yeah. of a case of that itself. You know? Give something a go. And like yeah. we talked about through this chat, those few things that you've given a go in that industry and that, and tried different things, mm. you probably wouldn't have got to where you are now that's without it. just giving it a go. That, like giving it a go. That's it. Like being constantly reminded of your own mortality encourages you to have a go. Mm. Yeah, you know, fucking oath. Encourages to enjoy a bit of life. Yep, mm. unreal, brother. Uh What's on top of your bucket list? Pretty, pretty, pretty boring, but I'm a bit of a, I love my history stuff. Um, I would love to just go and do like, do the pyramids, go and do Rome, go yeah. and have a little Coliseum, do all that sort of stuff, get a bit of culture up my ass and yep. go down and have a bit of a look. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do all that sort of stuff. But then also go like even just any of those places that have like medieval times, old school, like, you know, like our history around Australia is only, you know, to the 1700s, you know, with Captain Cook or whatever. And uh, in the, in the, in like 
metropolitan stuff, you know, yeah, like, yeah, you right. know without going not traditional, the yeah. not the indigenous side. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. yeah. I mean, like that's you know beautiful history in itself. But I mean, yeah. just like because I'm a big fan of buildings, I'm, yeah. I'm urban urban stuff. Like you know, I you know I could walk down Brisbane and look at fucking buildings all day, and the missus looks like I'm a fucking ceiling inspector or something. She's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm like, I'm just you know, I enjoy yeah. I enjoy appreciate that it. shit. Yeah, you yeah. know, I appreciate the architecture and stuff. So I'd I would love to go and see that sort of stuff. Yeah, for sure. That would be that's that's on the bucket list, mate. That. The pyramid thing absolutely blows me Doesn't away. It? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and, and the fact yeah. that no cunt has an actual answer really, mm-hmm. like as in people have got theories mm. and fucking yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. But to hear that, like we'd struggle to get that as perfect as they got it back then now, yeah. and to not really know exactly how they did it, yeah. fucking blows me away. Yeah, that's it, and that's that's those those mind fucks that I love. You know, diving into, diving into, you yeah. know, and that would blow my mind. But then on also too, just my own little morbid curiosity. I love the fact that they were sort of like the innovators of body preservation, mummification yeah. side of things as well. Yeah. You know, so like, you know, when you read the textbooks and stuff about um, embalming and body preservations and stuff like that, you know, they always pay homage to the Egyptian culture and stuff and about the mummification and, and yeah. about, you know, how the processes that were involved with that sort of stuff. So, so embalming, did, did they do that when they mummified them? Yeah, well, so it's, it's essentially the same idea. Like it, you could, a body, it's they they dehydrated. So they yeah. essentially did the same, like uh, in a way that they preserved the tissue by dehydrating it yeah. and removing, you know, the certain um, uh, organs, organs and stuff yeah. like that and preserving those itself with, you know, different um, herbs and salts and all, and all this sort of stuff. And, yeah. you know, well, and, I love that British Museum. There was fucking heaps there. Yeah, well, you went and seen the, it. Yeah, yeah, True. It was unreal. Yeah, see that. See that's. I could spend all day doing that. Yeah, you know, I, that. I didn't appreciate it as a young fellow, but I'd go back there and actually just do three days, just going yeah. through yeah. it, looking at everything. Yeah, that's exactly right. So I do love that sort of stuff. Big fan of that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, and, awesome, bro. Yeah. Fucking oath. And uh, mate, last one. Are aliens real? Fucking oath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if they're not, fuck. Fuck you. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> no. It's more fun to believe in them. Yeah, I reckon so. It makes a good conversation, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Nah, it is interesting, mate. It's like the it's like the I suppose it's like the pyramid thing. You can get into this conversation when there's no actual definite answer. So yes. there's like a never ending yarn, yeah. but I think yeah. on a on a really basic way to sum it up, I reckon the easiest way that you could I could analyze that is the same way that we do our exploration. We send fucking satellites out we send voyages out we send all those things out to scout you know what's to say someone isn't doing it from the other end and sending them out our way and mm. you know, oh, 100% so, agree yeah that's so right. that's a, in a in a nutshell that's the way i look at it well so. and it's one of those things if they haven't progressed further than we have technology wise then they won't be able to see us either Fucking oath, that's it. It's about sense. Yeah, I wonder if humans are real. Yeah, yeah. 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 So <laughs> yeah, that's right. But yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. So. Mate, um, thanks so much for coming on. It's been an unreal yarn. I fucking loved it. And as per usual, love spending time with you, mate. And oh, um, thanks. Bring look, on UFC. That's right. Oath. UFC thanks. Sydney. Fucking oath. Looking oath. forward to that. Thank you so much for having me on, gentlemen. I appreciate it. Before you go. Yeah. So. Um, on my podcast, when we have guests come on, yeah. Um, at the end of the at the end of the podcast, I give them a gift. 
Yeah. So I thought I'd bring you guys the gifts that I would give out if I was if you just came on my podcast. Yeah, yeah. So each one of my guests, they get a, a nameplate from a coffin, and on the coffins inscribed on the nameplates inscribed their name. Yeah, awesome. So I've got yours there for you, Tommy. Nice, right. mate. Thank one you. One for Cam and one for Quinn too, brother. Thank you, yeah, mate. Sweet. So you got, mate. Your, you got your own coffin nameplate. Yes, yeah, well, that'll save us fucking Just 10 bucks, though, or oh, how that, much it is know. later on. Oh, probably about five bucks. Five so, bucks, so there you five go. Five bucks, off. Like, yeah, <laughs> there you go. I brought, I brought my own plate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, good stuff. You yeah. brought your tape measure, too, to measure us up. Yeah, only when you're not looking. <laughs> <laughs> nah, beautiful, Brizey. Thanks heaps, mate. Everyone, get behind him. Go over, listen to the podcast, the Deadass Podcast, available on all platforms. Um, yeah, thanks very much, mate, thanks, and thanks, best of luck with everything you're doing. Thank you so much. Cheers, Appreciate mate. It. Cheers. Bye. Call them what you want, knee knockers, golden nuggets, dice slappers. But our friends at Manscapes refer to them as the boys. Not every man has children, but every man is responsible for their two boys below the waist. When your little guys have more hair than they need, trust Manscaped for all your grooming dreams. Boys need love too, so join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com and using the code ALPHABLOKES for 20% off plus free shipping. You heard it here first. The boys are back in town. Every man knows how scary it can get when you're going for the close shave below the waist. That's why I trust Manscaped for all my sensitive areas. Introducing the Lawnmower family, including the Lawnmower Pro 3.0 Plus and the 4.0 Pro and the 5.0 Ultra. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code ALPHABLOKES at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code ALPHABLOKES at manscaped.com. For the best your boys have ever looked, trust Manscaped. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 